It's been another week. That means we're ready for another episode of TCP 204 now. All right, guys. Wow, this one's going to be an interesting show because uh, I feel like we're starting to run dry. You know, it's gone to that portion of the off season where legitimately things are slowed down to a snail's pace. This week, we're probably only going to be talking about a couple of teams. And then next week, I don't even know. I don't even know if any teams will make any moves. Maybe none. Maybe zero. That's not too bad. It's just five more months till the season starts. Who knows, right? Maybe maybe there's, you know, New York news and Philly announces some things. And, you know, uh, there's a, a lot of opportunity. Eh? How much God, do you get from that? We need something, man. We need something real quick. <laughs> we do. We do need something. Imagine playing an off-season tournament, but like then you remember, oh, wait, teams are building for 5v5. <laughs> they don't even have a 6v6 team. Some teams don't even have six players yet, so you couldn't even, yeah. like, you, you'd only be able to play an off-season tournament with teams that actually have six players in the correct roles, mm. and then you'd be playing a tournament on Overwatch 1 that doesn't even matter because everyone's playing Overwatch 2 next year. Well, Overwatch League, so you couldn't even really have an off-season tournament actually uh or you could it'd just be like kind of janky weirdly irrelevant yeah <laughs> is there room for like a world cup i've obviously it'd have to be online oh, and kind of like community run but i don't know i'm just spitballing <laughs> online world cup an online world cup i guess yeah pretty much i don't know no no <laughs> rip world cup Ugh, that would be disgusting almost nah like yeah, Joe. They could do another World Cup, and then, and then again, some reason I won't get hired for it. So that'll happen. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can uh, you can be a GM of a team uh, of the national team of which national. seems to be the only way. Nah. It seems to be the only way I can get into World Cup. <laughs> so apparently, yeah, yeah. But it, it, I mean, theoretically speaking, like, let's not be too doom and gloomy. I guess there's an like a pre-season patch. Somewhere in those five months, right? Like that will give us some content eventually. Probably not this year. Hopefully. Probably not January. Maybe February. Are you talking about Overwatch one or two? Two. Oh, as in like the preseason. Uh, so, sorry, in the preseason patch, but like the pre Overwatch two patch that we're supposed to mm. get in order to play season five on it. Right. It's not a patch. That you're just beginning the game. That's just called getting the game. But it be won't be. Right. Wait, are we getting the game then officially? Isn't it just no, like called? No, you, the 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 teams are getting a build of the game. That's oh, not really? a patch. It's a build of the game. I mean, I'm not sure if that's is that it decided. Are you leaking? That was what? That, did you He's look leaking. at the He's leaking. <laughs> go look at. Go read the earnings call. Right. I'm just telling you what Halo told me. No, go read the earnings call. <laughs> call the earnings call. It literally said that. I'm like paraphrasing what it said. Yes. I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm still not 100% if that necessarily means that really only like the teams will get that patch ever until Overwatch 2 launches. Not a patch. But... <laughs> it's not a patch. I'm being I mean, really pedantic on the wording of this, but it's not a patch. Okay, so you expect also it's New whole... Heroes to be in there? What does that have to do with anything? That, I mean, that, that doesn't. That would entail Overwatch 2, right? That's like 90% of no, the they'd content be playing for PvP. On the Overwatch 2 client. They'd be playing on a totally different game client. 
so on an also, two client. also new engine, on a presum- or not new engine, but updated. Yeah, engine. they'd be playing the new game. I don't know if it's going to have new heroes in it. No one knows that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, possible. Yeah, it's not it's not a patch on Overwatch One. It's a totally different game client. Has to be. Sure. Anyway. Yeah, no makes sense. Um. So yeah, there's that, which uh, comes whenever. <laughs> Let's be real. Probably doesn't come till next year. <laughs> um. I mean, oh, everyone's man. gonna go. I mean, Christmas break is coming up. You know. Everything's shutting down and everyone's going away for Christmas soon. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, everyone's yeah. on Christmas. You know, other esports have a major and then like another major tournament and then there's another ECS major tournament coming up and then there's the World Championships in Valorant. But everyone is on Christmas break. Except yeah. nobody. They're all doing, and you know, there's the Christmas special esports tournament on Christmas Day. Mm. Um, there's me figuring out what I'm doing for Christmas. Uh, once again, I'm alone again. Sad. <laughs> what what is uh, what is Australian Christmas like? Uh, lonely because my family is not here, <laughs> but and I can't go back home. Do you do you have like Christmas t- trees? Usually, not the sad if you boys. Want them, yeah. Usually, you can get a Christmas tree if you want, but you have no snow They're available. No, it's just hot. That makes bothersome. That makes no sense. Summer Christmas, yeah. I I'm lost in the correlation between snow and Christmas. Christmas trees. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really understand that either from Yiska. I think Yiska can't imagine Christmas trees without snow. Okay, so why is is the Christmas tea not a birch, you morons? (laughs) Because it has leaves. What doesn't have leaves in winter? Right, you just get a fake tree like the rest of us. I hate Americans so much, bro. Oh, really <laughs> He's really out here thinking we're just chopping there. down trees, bro. No, I got nothing. I got nothing to add about trees. I know nothing about trees. A person can't be bothered. This man's wild. Clip that, um, by the way. Um, leave uh, leave a comment, and if you have a real tree, YouTube. But okay, but do you get it, your Christmas presents on the twenty fourth or twenty fifth? I guess it depends. Bro, I, I don't I get know. I don't get Christmas parent presents. Dude, can you speak from your like nations like situation, not from the sad boys cabin? Like Oh, um <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh. You t- are you saying do normal people get presents? Yes. I suppose they do, yeah. On the twenty fifth morning. Uh I mean I can check if you want. I'll go to someone's house and have a look. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's normal, yes, that most people get gifts on the twenty fifth. Because like we get ours on the evening of twenty fourth. Is that just like ubiquitous across of all all of Germany? All Germany, yes. Really? Yeah. Well, Germany decided it was more efficient that way. Probably. Yeah. Like, yeah the paperwork is... involved. Yeah, 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 yeah. And funnily enough, there's two different myths. Who brings the present? And <laughs> children. Or the parents of children have to sort of negotiate what the group believes in. Of course, negotiations. Like, legitimately, kindergartens have to say, okay, so so there's two characters, right? There's the Christkind, which is more like, I'm not sure if it's a female character, but it has like long golden hair and like is more like an angel. And then we have 
the Weihnachtsmann, which is more like Santa Claus. And they both come on the evening of 24th, but you either believe in the Christkind or in the Weihnachtsmann. And your kindergarten or your parents have to decide that. And they are ferocious debates during... Really? Yes. It's, oh. it's really bad. Interesting. I'll take my presents from the lady just to, just to be different about it. You know, just, I've, I haven't experienced that before. Yeah, yeah so, no, it's, you know, it's, it's so sort of different, you know. But I, ju- I only know this because my sister used to lead uh, a kindergarten. And that was always uh, her least favorite part. But the thing is, like, once you decide they, that, that it's really hard to change because ki- kids stay in that kindergarten for several years. So it's mm. hard to switch and just say, oh, yeah, okay, make your children forget what we told them last year. <laughs> now it's a guy, old creepy guy with a beard that's coming through a chimney, dude. You know, while, while the Chris can comes through the window like a normal creep. <laughs> wow. We learned. Yes, can learn, knows a lot about creepy mythological figures. Yeah. I mean, what's not creepy about Santa Claus? Let's be honest. They're, I mean, you're not wrong. Not wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what, a, what an intro. Everybody is going to be gone for Christmas. Uh, we'll do our Christmas special episode, mm. which will uh, debut on Christmas Day, probably. Yeah. And uh, I'm just making this as a, as a go, up, go along. I don't even know. I didn't even know we were doing a Christmas special episode. Uh, your Christmas I, I episode suppose... is on the twenty second, and you're gonna like it. Save it for yourself. I don't even know what we're. For I don't even know what. I don't even know what we're doing next week, let alone we'll figure Christmas it out. episode. We'll, 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 we'll figure it out. You know, uh, now I feel bad. If you weren't just literally on the other side of the planet, I, I would invite you to my uh, family's Christmas, and you'd have a good time. You'd get drunk, discuss topics. Yeah, but do that I don't get pres- do I get presents from <laughs> the lady, or do I get presents from the Santa Claus? Yeah, I, Santa Claus? I will have to so, you know. discuss that with your parents. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. All right. That's, we that's, ready? The, that's the situation we're in in this off season. There's no content, on, guys. Just just get used to this. If you're listening right now, like, why haven't they started talking about Overwatch? Is because, like, I don't know. There's not a lot to talk about. <laughs> no, but what there is to talk about, as we, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it now. Hey, shall we? We'll get into the episode proper. Um, yeah. As usual, shout out to lovely patrons. Episode 204 brought to you by Battle Cram, Refined Bean, Bronze Bob Buhau, Chare, Prophet Picasso, Chris R3, 4444, Kasha67, Lulshin, Porkchop Sammy, Rick Sane, Volaman and Smooth Nuts. And your misery. Two teams made some moves in the offseason that we can confirm now. Uh, one we kind of talked about last week, but it was more so in terms of full rumor mongering rather than anything substantial. And there's actually some new stuff on here that I wasn't even fully um, in tune with and hadn't expected either. I guess we can talk about maybe Valiant first. Hmm. This is probably the hot topic of the week in terms of the only team making significant moves. Well, there's other teams making some moves, but we'll just we'll do that. Uh, we'll do the Valiant first. So we, we already knew about No Hill. That was obvious. Um, but the other two that got fully announced was that Wu Hill was joining as both an assistant coach and a player. So he's taking the Jake position. And then Kohler was coming on as GM. I don't really know anything about Kohler. I'll just assume um, No Hill and Valiant know what they're doing there. But it's, um, it's a full replacement now of this year, 2021's Valiant, obviously. So the full staff 
players, everything, it's all different. Um, have they actually got a roster announcement of anything so far? Because Dia was rumored. Who yes. we now have as a player? And there is a rumor for Becky. But wasn't sorry. I think that's it. Real quick, wasn't who y'all announced as an assistant coach on the graphic? Well, In, yeah. Yes, initially, yes. but then there's more information coming about that maybe he's more of a player coach. We, you know, reports are okay. We, we say player coach. We're talking about him being a player and a coach. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I think that not a, not a coach who coaches players. It is just weird that a team would announce him as assistant coach when he is actually a player because, like, technically speaking, he is more of a player because he has a player contract, um, must have in order to play in the Overwatch League, right? And, um, like, if they're True. opting for that, it, you would think he'd just be announced as a player and then as an assistant coach uh, secondarily. But I guess it's well, just the order of preparation of their rollouts that they want the coaching staff out there first. No, I, my theory is that they are doing it this way to basically get ahead of expectations where if he was announced as a player, people would expect him to play more. Whereas I think for the Valiant POV, this is my speculation, mm. he's probably not going to be playing much. His main role is probably actually assistant coach and that people shouldn't expect that he'll be really playing. Because if he gets announced as a player, then I think people just think of him as a player rather than a coach. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. So this is pretty classic Valiant. Uh, strategy from even this year where they had let me play seven players but one of them was actually one of a coach one of them was actually a coach on a player contract and had zero intention of ever playing this is a little bit different this is i think closer to the jake situation but is also valiant getting a two-for-one special where they can fill their they can fulfill their minimum player you know requirements of six eventually by the time the league starts um, but one of the players is also actually a coach. So they have their five starters, and then their sixth player is a coach who, if really, really required, could also play. Hmm. Kind of like a... Is this kind of uh, their banking on possibly if, if Flex Tank is needed, maybe they bring Wuhyal in, but most of the time, like you said... Uh, the starter goes towards the starting position goes towards somebody that's a little bit more flexible that can kind of dabble um, on both sides of the the tank spectrum. Ideally, but who's who does that apply to? I mean, that's right. I don't know any main tank that can do that currently, unless you're talking about like Marvel or somebody. But even then, you know, yeah, even yeah. So they'll just be picking up a because I, I you have to have a sub on your roster. You have to have a minimum six mm. for five v five game. Somebody's got to be a sub, and it makes most sense for teams to have a tank sub so that you can cover both flex and main tank positions. Um, yeah. And so it would make the most sense for Valiant to probably go for a main tank player, for Wuha to play the, the, you know, the, the off tanks, and then if Wuha doesn't have to play, then he just gets to be a coach. Otherwise, you know, the option is there. But I, what I'm assuming out of this is that they will go for minimum roster in terms of roster size of six, mm -hmm. in this case five plus Wuha. Um, the other rumor was innovation. So if it's yeah. innovation in Dia, that duo does not cover enough flex DPS. That duo covers like a lot of hit scans and not a lot of flex DPS. That's that's worrying. So either they are going to go for a bigger roster mm. uh, beyond six, or they're going to be kind of backing themselves into a corner, or the innovation rumor is just completely off. But the innovation rumor actually sounds pretty plausible given innovation and Dia and No Hills history together. 
course, yeah. If if anything, I think you know we we've been pretty successful following the coaches when it comes to what players they look at. Do you personally put any kind of stock in this whole Becky rumor? That you know, I mean, it's it's true. That is there too. As it is, as far as like a minor communication on Chinese social media, and then following them, I think on Twitter. Any any um, kind of weight to that? Maybe go back to uh, he is a fun. flex DPS. He is a flex DPS, and that would make sense. I think the the team needs a flex DPS. Mm-hmm. Um, it's plausible, hundred percent plausible. He's a he's a reasonable player. I uh, he is Gurio's. DPS buddy duo. Mm-hmm. Rio got picked up. Now Becky's supposedly going to pick up as well. Kind of interesting. Shishibu-san just like somehow exported both their DPSs. Although, to be honest with you, if you ask me who the best players on that team was, I'd say it was their DPS duo of Gurio mm-hmm. Becky. But um, personally, I didn't think they were either of them were like spectacularly stand out to the point that would they get picked up to you, actually. But then again, I didn't think anyone in Oz Gaming the year prior was either. But then sure. you suddenly had like five different people from Oz Gaming and promoted apparently. Um, so yeah, uh, No Hill has no history with Becky, so I don't know where that kind of came from. I guess this is just what they're doing instead of maybe Becky was just available for the right price and good enough. And there are no better options in China, and that's what I gotta guess. Possibly, I mean, like let's let's hypothetically say that is the 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 three starting members of their DPS lineup coming into twenty twenty two innovation. Dia Becky, how how do you guys kind of sit with that? Is that something that's competitive? Go on, Jessica, you're the expert here. Expert on, on... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> On what in particular? Looking at, I just, <laughs> I, I hypothetically saying, if Valiant were to go, you know, coming into twenty twenty two, their DPS roster being, you know, starting DS, starting Innovation, and maybe, you know, having Becky as this this flex mm-hmm. third man. I don't even know if that's even fair to say, but like, does that give you any that, kind of faith? DPS. Yeah, though, yeah, I mean that that's instantly like way better than. Um whatever they had before. I think it also, of course, m- <laughs> majorly depends on who else they're going to get, right? Sure, of course. And there are different other rumors in the, uh, in the room, right, like, um, that are being shopped. Theoretically speaking, there's a bunch of, like, forgotten Chinese talent that they could be looking at that are otherwise not getting a lot of uh, playtime on the other teams, thinking of Coldest, thinking of Waya here. Like, these guys could could be uh, interesting pos- uh, prospects for those positions. I'm sure they're not going to be a large roster. It's just going to be f- five signings plus who they're... we are, and that's it, probably. Yeah, but they're getting three DPSs, though. So that being yeah. the case, it's probably one bigger than the minimum roster size. They're probably getting seven players. Could be, Which yeah. is super surprising for Valiant. Mm-hmm. I mean... Really, the, the, the sky's the limit here, because everything that's happened is super surprising for the Valiant. The <laughs> fact that they're not going to be, they're looking like, on paper, not going to be an absolute bottom-tier team is already a surprise in and of itself. The fact that they even got No Hill, um, and given No Hill control, supposedly, to build a strong, or what you know what as strong as they can within a budget roster, is a huge surprise. Um, that being said, I will be clear to, to kind of intervene and set expectations straight that there is still a chance that 
this team could be last place in APAC, but at least they'd be competitively last place, if that makes sense, instead of just sure. being hilariously last place. You know, that's, yeah. that's a big difference to me. Uh, I'll, I'll take a team that at least tried to build a competitive roster and still ended up last than a team that was just like, you know, <laughs> doomed to be last no matter what. Um, that, that aside, I don't think they are the worst. If they get that team, they're not the worst team. Ooh. Are they the worst team in APAC or in APAC? I'm interested to know who you think is worst, but. Guangzhou. Man. Yo, you're you sleeping on the Eileen Choice Juan developer. I I mean, everyone's. Way too woke on Eileen. I don't get. I don't care. Like you, <laughs> I, I see people like put him in a top twenty all time, like Overwatch League. You guys are high yeah, if you put him anywhere wild. near top fifty. Like this is actually nuts. He did. He did well for Charge last season. He, he was did. one of the shining. He was one of the points. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in any case, I, everyone's I trust saying that, that triple... about Krong and Choice One as well. Like, if you have three Bro, three you... very good players, how the how the hell are you like? Barely b- uh, Dude, above the dead. There, you need to watch their documentary they put out. Their behind the scenes um, thing they put out was actually really, really good. Uh, recommended to me by Eddie Ming actually, and uh, I watched it and it was really insightful. They struggled. I mean, obviously, but they struggled in the department of, I would say, coaching a lot because they couldn't hold down a single coach for most yep. of the season. Yeah, and the, what what they ended up happening is they ended up getting their academy team coach to come in and help and even then that's like one dude he can only do so much um they were just they were just so fucked. their morale was completely shot down they had no coaching very minimal coaching no support it was pretty rough but the talent is there to build a good team around i, I don't know mm-hmm. i i i for some reason have faith in the player quality and if they get developed that's a strong player uh off the cuff anyway my point is i trust in that trio of eileen choice of one develop more than I trust in the Dia Innovation Becky trio, at least off the bat. Now that could change if No Hills. I mean, if No Hill can get these guys into shape, and No Hill is uh, as elite as you know his reputation is mm. as a coach, then maybe he can turn those three players in the DPS position into much stronger players than what Charge can do. Or maybe Charge just does the same thing they did this year in 2021, where they have a strong roster on paper with good individual players, but then just kind of fumble anyway. Um, but yeah, maybe Valent could be better. I, I'm betting everything on that this will be like one of those wake up moments where, like, I'm not sure. I'm not even sure what the point of like Dia and uh, Norhill being shunned last year is. If it's some weird internal like Chinese scene thing where people like underrating them, or if it's like some something well. where they don't like the character of these people. But at the end of the day, these guys will absolutely outperform whatever like. You th- that team deems them to be because well, if nobody else is picking up Dia, bro, yes, Dia is going to be better than Eileen, hundred percent. Well, um, we can separate Dia and No Hill from the conversation because they were not picked up for different reasons. Mm. Uh, mm. No Hill because um, he doesn't have a great reputation with the Chinese orgs. Right. And um, caused a bit of controversy with Chengdu Hunters. It actually got dropped from Team CC. So Shanghai dropped them from their academy team because of that as well. Mm. And so there's a bit of... A, there's a bit of Basically, the only way he could get onto a team was either a Western team takes a chance on him or Valiant take a chance on him, really. Mm. Because no one else would. So 
It's got nothing to do with his ability and everything else to do with other other drama right. related stuff. If you're into that, right? Okay. Um, but Dia was more so that he trialed for all four. So the story apparently goes: he trialed for all four yep. the um, Chinese teams, and none of them went with him. And they went for the they obviously went for the talent they went with. So Shanghai, pretty understandable. They had Lip and DM. Okay. Right. Yeah. To be fair, Dia's not going to get into that team. Um, Guangzhou went with Mike Haley, which, to be fair, Mike Haley was looking pretty damn good in the offseason. He shat the bed in the actual season, but no one knew that was going to happen. You know, you take a risk on these rookies is what happens. Um, who did Spark have? Spark had Shy. Pretty understandable. I mean, yeah, yeah no, I, don't I like take, I no, take no, Shy over Dia any day of the week. And then who's left? I'm not, uh, I'm not taking, taking Godsby over, uh, over Dia, by the way, but okay. They already had Godsby though. They, they Godsby was already someone that was on the team, so they was would have it? had to drop Godsby for Dia. And also, let's be clear: even if they put Dia in Godsby position, what, what do you think would happen? None, he doesn't play over Shy anyway. Right, right. Shy is just like no, no, the, no, the head and shoulders yeah, better player. Not saying anything there, yeah, yeah. So like, I don't even think Dia taking Godsby's position would have done anything for the team. Um, do you think he would have? He would have been the whole season for Chengdu though, instead of Taro Cookie and well. Yes, I think. Uh, well, I mean, that's up for debate because he would have Jimmy got the position over Dia. Yes, mm-hmm. and the reason why Jimmy, I'm speculating, the reason why I speculate Jimmy probably got the position over Dia is because Jimmy was kind of known as like a kind of a leaked Widowmaker player in China, um, and that's what Chengdu felt like they needed, I suppose. Whereas now, I think in hindsight, mm. uh, first of all, Mike Kelly didn't work out. Second of all, Jimmy was. He was an all right player. He he apparently this guy was a scrim god. I mean, we all saw the footage of Jimmy yes. like getting four yeah. kills in a row versus Shanghai Dragons, but in never saw any of that in actual officials. To be fair, pretty rough hit scan season. Maybe yes. not his entire fault. All hit scan suffered, including him. Um but I think he would have helped I think Dia would have helped Chengdu in the way that Dia's got a got a reasonable tracer in the pool, which is something that Chengdu didn't have outside of Leave. So Leave to be fair, you want leave on the tracer, but you also want leave on everything else. The problem is like everything else that got played by everyone else was not up to scratch unless it was specifically Jimmu on the fire. Even Jimmu's Sombra by the end of the season was not good enough anymore. His fire was like the only thing. If, if you want to just play only tracer fire, then Chengdu's fine. But if you want to play tracer plus anything else, you're in trouble. Hmm. So maybe Dia could have helped in that regard. I think Chengdu just desperately needed a second tracer play, which they didn't have, which Dia probably would have provided. So there's a bit of hindsight there where two teams probably made the wrong call uh, and, and having Dia there probably would have been the right call and to in Taro Kiki's case as well I think that's just like an easy thing for Chengdu to do which is they already had Taro Cookie on their payroll for their academy team they can just move him up and Dia was at that stage not even playing competitive the guy was just playing ranked and streaming like he wasn't competing so I think from Chengdu's POV of course you get Taro Cookie because he's already on your academy team your academy team's one of the best academy teams that they want the just like the best team in China at that stage, um, and you give them a shot. Like it, it makes sense. I'm not saying Tarko is better than Dia, but I'm just saying from the Orgs POV, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. But and I don't understand the timeline sense. with streaming. Wasn't it like after the contender season, and you still hadn't gotten offers? So he wins Gauntlet, trials for Overwatch League teams, doesn't get on an Overwatch League team, and then just got, does streaming. Because he's not on a team and he doesn't want to play contenders again. I'm I'm sorry. This this hundred percent sounds like teams think 
whatever their try processes is better than whatever they see in contenders. It's it's had assery and has always been and has provably been that that case. The vast majority of cases when um, people are like like that are p picked up. Like you, that's how you zephyr basically. That's how mm. to zephyr. Just well, you pick some guy off of off of off of uh, trial results rather than like yes. tournament results and like actual containers results. Because to be fair, I mean, CC were godlike. They they yeah. you don't need me to say one of the most accomplished, if not the most accomplished, academy team and also uh, tier two team of all time. They can they rolled Korea like I've never seen any non Korean yeah. team do. They're like the only never has there been a team that destroyed Korean Overwatch as hard as CC did. And the last team that did that was Envy back in like Apex season one. Right. Right. Now, as far as non-Korean teams go. Who, remind myself, or uh, all the viewers again, who were the players on CC? Uh, including the coach, please. Uh, you know what? I'm, just to Joel. do this accurately, I'm actually going to bring up the page because I don't want to do this. I don't want to get it right. wrong. I could probably try and do it I'm, off I'm, the top of my head, but it's been I'm not just, say, just saying that, but I want to so, make a point there. Dear Innovation, who are rumored right. to be on... The new Valiant team, Spectra, uh, who's under Rage currently, but he's a flex player, really good. Right. Gaga, who went to Chengdu right. and had good success there. Liga, who went to Spark, who didn't play a single game. Super Rich, who is is I believe just announced on the Spark recently. Um, yeah. Oblivion, who is I don't think he played a single game actually. No. If I'm gonna be honest with you, so we'll forget about him. And 1987, who was far away, far away. 1987, who actually. Had a reasonable shot in Chengdu. Not gonna lie, he did a decent job. And their coach was No Hill, um, with Mo Cal as their. Uh, he was also a coach and also a manager or something like that. Right. So the one player that actually uh, showed up in in Overwatch League and actually did very well was Gaga out of that team. Nobody can reasonably expect that all the power in that team of like owning contenders as hard as they did, can only come from Gaga, right? There has to be some residual quality. Like, even if you have watched zero games of that team, where these players have to be classed. Yes, it could be Spectre, just because, like, locked in underage jail and we couldn't unlock that. But everything else, like, how can you... How can someone make the argument to say, like, this was the winningest contenders team and we only could make use of one person there? That just seems non doesn't seem to follow whatsoever, right? Like, it, it either has to come from No Hill, the, uh, the quality, like, that amplifies, probably not enough to justify that on top of Gaga. Like, mm. it has to be, like, out of the, those seven people, so the six starters and No Hill, it has to be, like, five people that are ex excellent in order to accomplish that feat. You're not going to be as good as, as they were. Well, I mean... Right? Let me contextualize this a little bit. CC really dominated partially because I would say the meta was like the best possible meta for them because you had um, Innovation who is like a Tracer specialist with a couple of really good signature picks, but his, his Tracer is his main signature hero. And he obviously, it was a, and it was a Tracer Ash meta. So we had Tracer Sombra for this year in Overwatch League. Last year, the year beforehand in Gauntlet, uh, end of the year, which mm -hmm. was a really fun meta, by the way, was a Tracer, Sig Tracer, um, Tracer Ash, Sigma, Ball, Zen, Brig was the meta. So you had Gaga on Ball, enough said there, don't need to explain yep. any of that. Liga, who's so uh, uh, Sigma, this is absolutely his best hero. Um, I mean, Super Rich, 
Briggs, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just a, it's he's a great main support player, and then Dish Briggs is just part of that pool. And then Farway1987, who's specialist, is on the Zen. So basically, everybody on this team got to play their best hero mm. in this particular meta. But and they dominated that meta. I, I agree. But now, overlay that over this season's meta, how many heroes still overlap? Like Brig, yeah. like Tracer. And Zen's still there. It is, it is almost statistically impossible for there to not be inefficiencies in not hiring more of these players or not having them actively play this year. Like, oh. Sorry, season four, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, I think Dia's explanation, like, we went through the Chinese teams. So here's another problem with Dia. I say problem, it's not his problem. The problem is, the problem of all, not specific to him, is that Western teams don't want to take a risk on Chinese players. Sure. And so Dia was limited to only going for Chinese teams. And all four of the Chinese teams had the person that they had. Yeah. It's, it's um, not just Dia that I'm talking about. I, I can't believe Liga wasn't the best uh, option for um, Hangzhou either. I, yeah. I don't see how Super Rich was shunned uh, like he was. That's a big one, actually. That's a big one, Super Rich. Like, they, they, uh, even if you, if you don't, if you think like everyone's right on Dia, it's impossible. It feels impossible for me to, that someone would argue the, the Chinese teams had like optimal scouting and actually extracted the best out of the Chinese talent pool. That just mm. in, it seems highly improbable seeing how badly used the best team of contenders in the relevant time frame uh, ended up being signed, um, right? I think Chengdu could have probably gotten super rich. Mm-hmm. I mean, in hindsight, there's two things you can do in hindsight. There's one, you'll look at Chengdu's main support lineup and you say, Nisha, Yveltal, both really good. At their highest points, they were both phenomenally good this year. Uh, but you'll also say that come playoffs, neither of them showed up. And they were both pretty disappointing. Uh, and then there was the whole drama surrounding Yavelto and his mentality and attitude towards practice as well. Um, to the point where I'm like, when I heard that, I was like, get him out. Put yeah, Super yeah. in there immediately, please. Like, um, So yeah, I mean, there's two ways to look at where I think Chengdu were the, uh, the obvious answer for a lot of these Chinese players that could have gone to because they're also the team that want to take, they want to build like the 12-man rosters. You know, Chengdu build humongous rosters. And on top of that, they have an academy team. Like they, their payroll is like, actually 16 17 18 players legitimately um i mean there was there was a scandal around billy billy right that allegedly had reports that they were spending a lot on their league team uh in order to bring like success in and let, let me not talk too much about it because I don't know about the legitimacy of those reports i don't remember recall the article i just re- recall the information but yes mm. like rest assured i guess Point being, they spend a lot of the esports roster as an overarching okay. organization. So I guess my point is is that Team CC would have been the likely home for sorry, Chengdu Hunters would have been the likely home for a lot of these Team CC guys from that gauntlet that gauntlet run. But um, yeah, I mean they they went with I think at the time I mean even people that who are very familiar with the Chinese region like um, like Kenobi I was talking to him like Nisha was not a very highly rated pick. I think Nisha won a lot of people over during the season because he actually mm. did play super well. I give him that. But in the preseason, you you would be like, what the fuck? Why would they get Nisha? Like, this is kind of ridiculous. Um, the same with, like, probably Jimmy, honestly. Mm. Uh, so Dia, Super Rich, probably could have taken either either Nisha or Yveltal's position for Super Rich's case, and Dia probably could have taken Jimmy's position. Mm-hmm. But Chengdu took a risk in certain directions, and some of it paid off, some of it didn't pay off. 
some of it looked like it was paying off and then and then stopped paying off. I don't know. That's just um, yeah. how it goes sometimes. I think Dia did get a little bit robbed in the offseason. I, I also wish other teams would, would look at Chinese players a bit more because mm-hmm. when you think about Chinese talent, really they have like... They don't have four teams because unless your name is Molly, you can't get on Shanghai Dragons as a Chinese player, which leaves you three options. And the best option usually is Chengdu, but because everyone's going there, it's pretty hard as well. Uh, and then on Hangzhou and Guangzhou, you're competing against Koreans too, so it's pretty rough. Yeah. But it shouldn't be. I think, like, my, I guess, to just make my point, I think that unless there's, and I think that's the more likely option, actually, that there is some scene related, like, hurdles that which are hard to overcome. That might be, like, there those players had some some behind the scenes knowledge about them that made them undesirable to sign or like Shanghai wanted exorbitant amounts of um, buyouts for them that's always like a prohibitive thing for in, in so those situation if it is actually down to scouting only like that's that's almost almost it would be so hard to convince me that this isn't just a scouting I think it was oversight. scouting I think it was scouting I think it was yeah, but I, I also think, think like I also think pervasive. like I also think like it's understandable why the teams went for the decision they went for, especially if you're Guangzhou, you went for Mike Kelly. Like that guy actually looked like a god in the off season. He actually looked phenomenal. And then something happened in the actual season where he just lost his mojo entirely. Did, um, did sometimes he, that happens to rookies. Did he look sick in in contenders though too? Uh, because that's the uh, only irrelevant pro- part. I don't care if you pop pro- off. And- he was probably he was probably a standout, but like I don't know. I don't know that if if he. I don't know if his, his results were not as good as Dia because Dia was on Team CC and CC dominated, obviously. I remember Ko- so. Kenobi saying like Dia is the best player in uh, Chinese contenders during that time. Um, I think I could probably dig a tweet up uh, of him saying that. Maybe. No, I'm not. I, I'm not going to pretend like I'm. I'm like the hard expert on Chinese contenders. I I only sort of dip in and out. Yeah, and um. All of that kind of stuff, but I guess, I guess, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to nope. lie though. Kaylee's team during Gauntlet was way weaker. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I just go to Gauntlet. I'm trying to find out. Yeah. I mean, rest assured, like maybe it's, it's not right to go too hard, but at the same time, like some of them played some appalling Overwatch uh, this season, right? Like the bottom half in, with few exceptions and short sprints, like mm. was actually really disappointing over especially like quality that they had previously thinking they could outsmart the market and avoiding teams that were legitimately by like it's like ba- basically failing at the fundamentals and trying to reinvent something or innovate on in other s- situations and then completely flopping right um, i mean i will say i will say spark was more egregious than Guangzhou charge I agree. even though charge oh. did Charge did worse overall, which then, funny enough, Charge then beat Spark, I think, in the final game of the season, just to get their mo- just to get their like pride back, um, mm. which is the ultimate failing of the Spark. And they had way more talent, way bigger roster. Uh, did they have coaching issues? Yes, but so did so did Guangzhou Charge. I mean, both mm. teams had equal amounts of coaching problems. You could argue. Um, it seemed like Spark had way more, way more resources than the Charge. Charge. Had basically yes. by the end of the season just six players, no subs at all. I don't know what happened to Jihun, but they, they just never got played again. 
And yeah. obviously, Kaylee went back to Academy, so they only had six players. They had zero opportunities to change up their roster. At least Spark had the opportunity to say, you know what? Maybe we don't want to play our Korean supports. Mm. Let's try our Chinese supports. They had that option. Charge had none of that. Mm. So Charge probably at least get a little bit more no, yeah, for sure. Excuses from the excuse bank. Yeah, where Spark is a little bit more egregious in that. Re- in that, but you know where Spark was strong. For example, I, I, I think Spark w- uh, banking on Shy was correct, whereas Guangzhou kind of took the risk on Kaylee, and that you know that ended up being egg on their face. So in that regard, in context to Dia, Spark made the right call, whereas Guangzhou made the wrong call. Mm. Yeah, uh, but that is uh, that's kind of history. So. Now that we're talking about every other Chinese team, should we talk about the value a little bit more? Sure. Um, where are we at with this team right now? So we basically have three DPS rumored, mm-hmm. one tank, no supports rumored. Unless unless there's this coldest, and who else? Coldest Wuya. and Wuya were rumored. Mm-hmm. <coughs> it's Wuya. Wuya? Um, okay. So yeah, um, that's double flex support for what it's worth. So they don't have yeah. a main support. Although, I mean, that's not really an oddity off season that's normal that's a that's a lot of teams are doing that in this off season so they have six players then so far standing now right you want me to be like because i feel strongly about this and i'm really like i'm pissed at the establishment let's say i think that (laughs) i think this team i think this team is mid in in apac if they actually get the guys we we talked about this team is mid this is going to be a better team than Guangzhou Charge, it's going to be a better team than Hangzhou. It's probably going to be a better team Holy than Philly. Shit. Holy shit. Philly, ooh, that's, that's a line. Uh, I don't know. Woo. <sighs> even, I mean, Philly don't even have a team yet. Yeah, so... that one's hard. To, I mean, they have like a DPS core, right? What, Carpe Zest, MN3? Yeah. Which, by the way, like Zest, MN3 are fucking gods. And Carpe, you know, at his best, is also a fucking yeah. phenomenal player. So that, that trio... I trust that trio more than Valiant Trio. If we're just comparing what we can, we're only comparing what we can compare. Mm-hmm. Then Philly are winning today sure. right now, just off the only DPSs, uh, only because Philly have nothing else to compare with. So, what do what, mid- what do you think of the coaching staff? Do you have any confidence there? I mean, No Hill is no. Sorry, again, for I, Philly. I for Philly. Oh, um, Who is just so that the yeah they have um, they get the T one they got the T one guys over yes. so they have Jin and Chara. Uh, I mean Jin is I think Jin is fairly highly regarded, isn't he? He did well T one this this year. I'm not gonna lie, T one turned their shit around. T one was a bit of a joke of a academy team and Korean contenders team in 2020, and then when Jin joined in for this year in 2021. He turned that boat around quick. I don't know if it was him or or, or or just the players improving or getting better players, maybe a combination, but you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh he's got big shoes to fill though. I mean, 9K is highly regarded, so uh big shoes to fill there. Uh and then Moby Dick Christopher as well. Like those are excellent assistant coaches, especially Moby, who everyone says is fantastic. So Yeah, no, for sure. Maybe Moby Dick and maybe Moby Dick particularly is probably one of the best losses. Uh, Chara has had a bit of time on T1 as well, was also a player on Guangzhou, so we'll see, man. Um, personally, I, I think No Hill's more accomplished. No Hill, No Hill's accomplishments, like, if we're looking at contenders, nearly rival Rush. If mm. we exclude Rush's achievements in the Overwatch League, because that's not fair to compare when No Hill yeah. hasn't been in the Overwatch League, if we yep. only look at their histories in contenders, it's pretty comparable, Rush and No Hill. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I I like the vector that Yuska kind of approaches there, where it's like, it's maybe not necessarily the players, and and you know, stop me if I'm putting words in your mouth, but it seems like this this coaching staff, at least at its head, has like a strong vision, has demonstrated like tangible value in the past. Yes, their pieces might not be world beaters, but it can this team emanate a little bit of Paris energy? Can they kind of become more than the sum of their parts? It it certainly feels like it. So yeah, I, I on the Paris, offset. 2021, 2021. It's it's possible. I, I, I kind of reserve some <laughs> some uh words later if things go awry, but you know it it looks because, promising. The reason why I say 2020 is because like Rush gathering the fellas this is mm-hmm. kind of like no hill gathering with fellas, yeah, in a way. With, with a way smaller budget, um, and that's probably the biggest issue. Is I unless unless I just I just something. I mean, it's valiant. Let's be clear. It's IGC. Yeah. It's valiant. Even if they've increased the budget, it's still this team doesn't scream big budget team. Mm-hmm. I'm still expecting very minimal things here. Agreed. Um, I'm keeping my expectations for valiant low, just because, you know. Even with No Hill there, even with Dia there, I mean Dia hasn't played competitively for a year, um, and I just don't know how much No Hill can do if the budget isn't there. Because at the end of the day, what really wins you games, you can have the best coach in the world, but what okay. really wins you games is an elite team. You just need a fucking good team with great players on the team, and then as long as you don't fumble that team, you're good. So as long as you don't do a Guangzhou charge or Philly fusion from 2021 this year, you can somehow fumble a team full of talent. You're good to go. You're fine. Um, I think it's. I think it's like you'd rather be on the team that has all the great talent, but you're kind of fumbling, and you may maybe can turn that around than being on the other side where, like, you know, you're not fumbling, but your talent has a very clear and immediate ceiling, mm-hmm. and it's just like, well, you can only do so much with the talent you got on hand, which is not a lot. That's yeah. my concern. Okay. Yeah. I think definitely. One of my points is also, I think there could have just been an, uh, an Eastern, uh, sorry, a Western team that just said, "No Hill, please build me a um, uh, half Chinese team out of the in uh, inefficiencies that are obviously present in the uh, in the market." We have very different moral frameworks, and you you are not under no obligations to adhere to boosting issues or whatever. No, but no other team gets hunkered down by those issues right like that's that's the reason why some of those bangers end up well, in uh, in western orcs and um i feel like that could have been a viable strategy this season as well who which which western teams were going for full rebuilds uh with the coaching staff rebuild because the only one i can think of is florida full 100 percent rebuild and new coaching staff as well new direction for the team entirely every other team not really could have Paris been sticking to the guns Washington is sticking uh, to their guns. Vancouver is sticking to the guns even. They kept their yeah. they debatably kept their coaching staff on, whether that's a good thing or not. I mean if Austin stuck to their guns, London it, stuck to most of their roster, a lot of their roster. No, but what I was like or Vancouver wouldn't have necessarily had to keep their staff around, right? Get someone that Vancouver But I've got to say, Vancouver probably you know, they've always, at least from what I can tell, outside of Changsuk and Teru, they had a very Western team. And I think, like most NA teams, they were hitting more in a, in a west. Unless your name is Toronto Defiant, you were hitting more in a western direction for oh, your team. Toronto is another uh, great shout. 
that could have done uh, way better than they are currently doing if had they gone that route. I think they're keeping KDG, aren't they? So they're they're banking on KDG and Moby Dick and joining the team, right? They're banking on that being the basis of what they build around. So I'm talking about a team that would be like, you know what? Let's bin our coaching staff, start new, get no hill in, and start fresh. And the only team I can think of that could have done that is maybe the Florida Mayhem, mm. and but they they went in a different direction. That went gun by they went for Western, as many teams went for Western. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think any Western my, team. Could in my it. mind, if I'm Toronto defined, I've infinity resources in comparison to everyone else. I feel like I have way higher up, uh, like a way higher ceiling if I sign No Hill and his. The Chinese superstars instead of KDG, instead of keeping KDG, but because they they're throwing out the entire roster anyway. Like you're building around Hisu, a tier one point five player. I don't know. That's not worth keeping. I don't know. I feel like uh, that's that's a way easier. Like I'm, it's. I'm, I'm not even saying that that roster would look the same, right? You could have attracted other talent. Could have maybe even uh, paid buyouts from from some of these Chinese orgs. Like you could have gotten. I don't know, like... I'm going to be real. Yeah. I think Valiant... As fucked as they say, I think Valiant's the perfect home. Because it's the Chinese team that's not a Chinese org, so they don't have any issues with No Hill. And, like, it's the only... It's, it's the only way to create, even if it's an artificial way, like a fifth Chinese team. Right? Because they have, they have now. We whether people like it or not, Valiant is now a fifth Chinese team, and that was the only way they were going to be able to open the gates for more Chinese talent to come on in. Realistically speaking, because I just don't think it's realistic for to say as much as it's like you know we can dream in fantasy land that Toronto pick up No Hill and they turn into a Chinese team or something like that, but it's just not realistic, man. And it had to be a team like Valiant going to China and becoming a Chinese team. I mean, it's so like it's more like the second Chinese team though. What, what what do you mean? Well, because no other team other than Chengdu is full Chinese. Shanghai is I mean, not Valiant, even Chinese. Valiant's not even going to be full Chinese. Valiant's going to be a mixed team too. Yeah, um, yeah, but limitedly, yes. But it's just going to be it's just going to be a, a situation where like Chinese talent can actually go there. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean. It's just a possible destination for Chinese talent is basically what I'm saying. Mm. Is because like I said, man, if you're Dia, your your options are so limited. Yeah. And so you need and you didn't want to understandably he didn't want to join the Valiant last this year because it was gonna be a bit of a shit show and it was, and he made the right call to probably not be part of that. Um, even though I think like No Hill this year would have been smart enough to not base Dia's stock on a failed Valiant roster from twenty twenty one going into twenty twenty two. I think if if the timelines remain the same as they are, but you just swap out D, you swap Crystal for Dia, maybe. I think Dia still returns back to the Valiant this year, next year rather for 2022. So he actually would have been fine. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm not going to be as brave enough to say that I expect or I think the Valiant could be middle of the table next year for the APAC. I still think they are at best second to last instead of last. So six out of seven or seven out of eight, depending on how many teams are going to be in APAC. Um, and I think that's the more realistic approach. If they do any better than that, then I'll be pleasantly surprised. But I'm gonna keep my expectations low. Could even see them being ahead of NYXL as well. 
Yeah, depending on where they go. But like, if NYXL get all the good pieces of Mayhem, then that's potentially a strong roster. I don't know. Maybe you watched. You're, sh yeah, you're muted, by the way, Joe. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> so I have to you can't hear yourself. Um, yeah, it's it's impressive um, that that's kind of the case. You know, if if we're reading the the smoke signals, if uh, you know we're picking up what Yisk is putting down, um, that would be surprising. That would certainly be surprising that that's the case. I'm I'm very interested if, to see what, what is like. the case. Like that, they you know, if if you know talk and shop with people and you know the things that you're seeing with nyxl is not necessarily indicative of of success and that you know early valiant rumors or something that has you that bullish the, the so thing is i'm almost okay that's not true because i've been mad about nyxl in the past but i'm like if you if you give it a th solid thought nyxl's experiments you can almost never be mad at they're always interesting intriguing and potential have potential to push the envelope right agreed yeah so i'm never really upset about their tries it just it it, it never feels like they're just like showing up they usually have some new innovative idea <coughs> or a roster building approach other than maybe season two you could argue but they didn't need sure. to in season two um mm. to to sort of get behind like i'm not mad at them they like even I, I I think the only situation I can recall was like the tri-state thing. Even that, when I looked at the actual facts in hindsight, had to had to walk that all the way back and say like, yeah, th like your stuff made sense. You had players like Mirror in there. Like th those are really solid players. So um, maybe that tri-state team made sense. Yes, you didn't have the success that XL Two had, but yeah. like it, it at least made sense from your brand pers brand's perspective. And mm -hmm. there's usually a lot of thought put into that and, and like a red string that actually is intriguing. That's not true for every uh, other roster. And maybe they're be like not doing as well in, in fleshing these out so we can pick up on those notes that other rosters do. Or maybe that it's majority of it is clown shoes and you're just throwing some, something together like it feels like in a lot of cases. Also those cases that historically haven't done very well mm. yeah agreed there's a i i will echo the sentiment um around this this magical curtain of, of scouting and what that really is it's not always necessarily foolproof um obviously but it's uh it is bizarre at some of the talent that gets left on the table so we'll uh back you on that at least i mean teams make the decisions they make based on a, number, a lot of factors. I mean, I can't... Sometimes it's baffling. Sometimes you, you can't really blame them. Um, any final thoughts on Valiant from anybody? No, I'm excited to see him play. I'm interested to see what this ends up looking like and uh, excited to see what uh, No Hill's first season is, uh, is all about. Yeah, and I'm not going to repeat too much of what I said in the last episode as well, where I basically, hmm. you know... Had the, the whole no hill Illuminati speech, uh, and he can still do that. I mean, this guy can still bide his time. I I think he's even moving too quickly. To be honest, I, I think he should bide his time a little bit more. But um, yeah, I don't know if I don't know if uh, Becky's 
potentially the the best call possible, but I'll I'll trust him on that. I mean, mm. Becky's a good player, so fucking maybe he maybe he is, but I just don't know. Like, like again, my guy Ardo is just available. Like, shit, you're really gonna yeah. get Becky over Ardo? Fuck me. That's 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 my that's my thing. Because mm. uh, I I spent a long time last episode being like, yo. Yo, dude, no, who can just get Otto anytime? And then he just doesn't. Like, he just gets Becky instead. I'm like, all right, okay. Right. <laughs> all right, man. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it, I mean, even talking to you in private, I mean, Otto is definitely a name that has come up uh, coming out of this kind of contenders class. Definitely not a rookie by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, is somebody that, you know, does have, dude, does have what it has or what it takes. My guy, to can, get, compete still. My guy can get FD God or Moth anytime he wants. <laughs> They're up for grabs. True, true. <laughs> no who's no who can just do it. I'm he sure he could. He won't. He, he definitely won't. He's not gonna do it, but like it's fun to it's fun to think about it. Oh, for certain. Yeah. Most certainly. And then there's like how many good main tanks available? So many. You can just get any of them. Mm. So actually the the direction this roster went is kind of worse than you know, all everything we discussed last week. So, I mean, unless this guy, unless Valiant signed January next week, like, this is not where sure, I thought yeah. the roster was going to go. Because there's, like, so many other good players that they could have gotten. Like, even getting Innovation, I'm like, yeah, Innovation's good, but like, is he, is he, was he really the best? I get it, man. That was kind of, the, you know, we're, we're in the Kiss of Homie meta, and no <laughs> hold the uh, Innovation, no three of them are homies, right? So maybe that's, that's why he did it. So I understand that, but mm. again, I mean, even EQO is available. I mean, I don't know that that would work out on Chinese team. Yeah. Shit. Like, if you've got to get a Korean player, I don't, I don't know if Becky is the number one flex DPS pick, or even True. out of the Korean players. Just my like, all those yeah. still not, not been picked up, and maybe all those going to go to a different team. But that guy's there. Is yeah. is cold as Wuya your best options as well? Like, I mean, maybe, but. I don't know. There's just there's just so many. There's there's a lot. There's a lot of talent out there, and I'm just like, wow, okay. No who's going for this instead? Interesting. Is is there any consideration for like an O2 blast like uh, buyout dodge where he like? Oh, can't absolutely. Really pay for it, you know what absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. IGC didn't even want to pay for Thor's minimal buyout. Right. 2021. That's why they ended up with someone role swapping to main support. Mm. Instead of actually getting a main support, although Thor probably dodged the bullet there. Although I'm sure Thor would have preferred to just gotten a bag compared to contenders. I say compared to contenders because any even a minimum salary from Overwatch League is a bag compared to compared to contenders. So I mean, I'm sure Thor would have minded that. I'm sure he wouldn't have right. minded it this season. I'm sure that maybe Thor is on no hill shortlist for main sure, support. Yeah. So maybe he'll maybe he will make it back. But uh, cool. That's gonna be Valiant. We're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna finish up Valiant now. So let's go to the next team. Uh, which is the only other team we're going to talk about. I oh, spent like 40 minutes on Valiant. How fun is that? Uh, so every week now, we're going to spend 40 minutes on Valiant. Valiant Watch. I am the I am the Valiant expert. Again, I've casted the most amount of Valiant games out of anybody. True. So, well, I mean, tied with Achilles as we cast together. Uh, Justice yes. have announced that Fury is leaving the team to go back to Korea so that he can join and mm-hmm. um, Kalios is going to be joining the Justice. I feel like 
initial community reaction has to be kind of kind of wonky, right? I think everybody's like big high on Fury. Everybody's, you know, all world beater Fury, who obviously is a good player, but I I I have a funny feeling that people are not as excited about Kalios as they probably should be. Is that a wrong read? Why are you very excited about Kalios? I mean, I'm not like over the moon, but I I mean, when you have somebody that is like departed from the league, comes in as a sub for New York, like visibly like has an impact on this team is pointed to in interviews as somebody who has an Im impact. Um it, it it was shocking to see how good New York looked. Um, I feel uh, like we were robbed of them. I mean, I don't know. Did you have a separate take on that? Does it not feel like a downgrade to Fury? I mean, it does. Don't get me wrong. Fury is is very talented, one of the best. But when you have. I don't know that Kalios is that much of a downgrade. Is that is that spicy to say? Right, right. OK. But I feel like the community um, is like, oh, my God, we lost Fury. All like the Justice fans are just, you know, pouring one out for the homie. Like it's I don't think Callius is that bad, especially with what he showed us last year. I guess going into Overwatch 2, it's a bit of a clean slate because I, I would have probably have called Callius a bit more of a Zarya one trick than I would have liked to have seen. But maybe that's on NY. Maybe that's the team's fault, not his fault. Is you know mm. his coach probably says, "Hey, play Zarya," and he's like, "All right." Yeah, you know that could that could be the case. So maybe it's not his fault. Um, but I I I was I was okay with with how Kalios did, but he didn't he didn't like super impress me. He was just okay. But maybe mm. that's okay. Maybe maybe that's fine. Maybe there's nothing wrong with that. And he needs maybe on uh, Washington he'll have a better shot. Um, and as I said, Overwatch Two is a bit of a reset anyway, so. Mm. As long as he's got the capability to jump on all these different other heroes, really the big test is how is he going to look playing main tanks? Yeah, you know what's that going to be? Is that going to be okay or not? Um, they well, I mean, even then, that that being said, Mag is still on the team, so potentially maybe he doesn't have to play too many main tanks because Mag will just do it. Um, my biggest question will be like, how okay, what else are they doing with this team? Is there were some rumors of decay? being shopped around but i don't know i don't know if how much i want to buy into that just yet um if it happens it happens but i don't i don't know man i, I that, that doesn't seem For some reason i don't buy that i just don't buy okay. that as much so i think decay stays well i'm gonna assume he stays hmm. decay assassin happy sounds like a pretty good trio to me and then you have mag Kalios, and then you have krillin vigilante opener opener is really like a I don't, I don't know if I would call him a risky pick for okay. the Washington, but he's like, he's not a extremely proven player to me, but he must have, he must have really impressed the coaching staff of the Washington in some sort of way. Mm. And look, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong about these players. Cause I think myself included, everyone was wrong about skewed. Sure. And this to me, this to me is one of those picks where a Washington's like, yo, maybe we can get like a skewed here. Like we can get, you know what I mean? A skewed to mm -hmm. me will now be synonymous with like a super, a player that becomes super high value where initially their value seems low. So a, a mega underrated player 
by everybody who then ends up being maybe super good. Um, that could be the strategy. Or maybe they're just looking for like some new talent they can play around. I don't know. There's there's a couple things in there. He's just I don't know that he was like the number one draft pick for main supports. Sure. But I don't hate that either. I think Washington got a reasonable team. I think this is one of those things where, you know, um, Yiska, you talk to um, Karanthil, right? Their vice president of esports business, Grant. Yep. And he was saying how, this was in the interview you had with him, how he was a little bit surprised by the community uh, expectations of where the Washington were going to be, where Washington Justice were going to be this year. And, you know, taking that into account, I'm going to be a bit more reserved where I put Washington for my expectations going to next year. I'll have them a lot lower because I had them quite highly. I'm not going to mm. lie to you. I had, I had Washington right up there, boom, top three. This time, maybe more middle of the pack. You know, I'll be a bit more reserved. I'll play this one safe. So, and I think um, that's probably, that maybe is where the Washington Justice believe they are as well. They probably, they probably agree with that, maybe. So, yeah, it's looking like a potentially solid middle of the table team. Yeah, I hope, um, I hope my feelings right with Kalios. Maybe he brings some intangibles from New York. Maybe that was showcased. Maybe I'm high on Molly. Who knows, right? Um, it's it, say that last part again. I, I am high on Molly. Uh, it has been officially uh, time stamped and, and clipped out of context. I'm sure it's passed around in the community. You know who you are. Um, Kalios, yeah, I, I feel like what I saw from New York screamed intangibilities. It screamed leadership uh, in my perspective. Um, and I feel like that's kind of what the justice was lacking if I had to play doctor and, and guess what was going on behind the scenes. I think they needed a, uh, a fireman to run around and put out fires. And it feels like Kalios kind of fits that role nicely. Yes, mechanically, is he a fury? Debatable, debatable. But I don't think it's too far of a downgrade. I think this is a, uh, a, a, a very shrewd move from justice. And uh, as much as I disagree with some of their uh, president's comments, uh, regarding last season I, I like their their off season this time around so excited to see him rock out yeah here we go get in there i think it, like you almost have to be way lower on this roster than last year i think losing fury is pretty big um i think now we also have to recontextualize what Mag is capable of. Um, what but is that as impactful this season? What do you mean? Is that is that as necessary as it was last season? That Mag is a good player. That Mag like needs to be like this all star rookie that he was kind of projected to be last season. I mean, arguably. I mean, we don't know what 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 how how the tank role will interact, right? So course, that's the question. Course. Um, I think generally speaking, I'm not sure if I'm high on the backline that I'm I was last year, to be honest. Especially like with Vigilante having to sit out half the season, I think yeah, generally just... like having to wait on a player is like an awkward it's position. Rough. It works out or it doesn't. It's like a fifty-fifty seemingly. Mm. Um. Happy is also probably pretty streaky. Uh, I think Happy needs the, his meta. I think you'd agree, no? Yeah. yeah like, sure. And that's, that's the role he plays on this team, 
it's going to be the K assassin happy as the third man. He comes into play Widow and Cassidy, and he goes back to the bench, and he's a happy boy. I know this entire team seems very streaky to me, and like you got to fall into a meta, and it can work, and then maybe the game is falling into their lap, and in terms of the entire meta game of the of Overwatch Two in general, I don't know. Mm. It's really hard, but it it seems on really shaky foundation comparison to last year, where like the obvious. Like, just like listening to Fury, Mag, Decay. That's your sure. first three. Like, Agreed. Uh, I mean, yes, you can say, you can tell me like your budget was mid tier, like your, your roster wasn't. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that's, that's probably like more in line if, if, if it's actually like, if they're actually mid tier in terms of spending, then those signings are a lot more in line with those expectations, right? Mm, um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's good for them. Um, maybe they don't want more, as they said. Uh, it's always like... Yeah, I mean, there's always question marks in terms of like how, how this is going down internally. But we'll see. Like, at the end of the day, it's, just, it's once again, like, it's... You th we're currently in this weird situation where you're thinking through those moves you can really only realistically like evaluate from the standpoint where we're at right now mm -hmm. fully knowing that whatever answer we will be getting will be completely inconsequential to the discussions we're currently having because the game invalidates whatever you're thinking right now almost to like 80 <sighs> to 90 degrees uh, well, yeah percent. but no sh no no sh right like yes the sausage is a little gross stop telling them how it's made yeah be excited be speculative yeah i don't know like it, it it's <laughs> this is it's more like arguing for the sake of arguing <laughs> pretty much a lot, lot of those uh, situations that's why like i really think it's high time we get our hands on the game so we can at least start guessing like extrapolating um nobody nobody will disagree uh, with that <laughs> literally nobody <laughs> so i my hopium for Mag is that mm. in a more tank carry centric meta, mm. which is what I hope we get because you know one tank, big big shoulders, big role for that tank to play, uh, more brawly kind of hero design in general. We've seen I've seen Mag hard carry on Runaway, and I know that he's capable of doing that. The, the mm. question will be, can he get back to that form? Can we get Mag from 2020 again, or even Mag from 2019? I'll take either where he was a legitimate, fearless style, hard carry on his team from a main tank position. And main tanks weren't even really hard carry positions. I mean, it's a tank position. You know, we're not talking about Overwatch 2. We're talking about Overwatch 1 here. So in Overwatch 2, it should even be even more reliable to have a tank carry. And, you know, Mag can be that guy because I've seen him do it. You know, I just don't know, like this year, somehow... Somehow, man got ruined this year. I don't know how. I don't know what happened. Maybe he could have ruined himself. Maybe, maybe he had the Mike Kaylee effect on him, where he just buckled. He just fumbled his season mentally. Who knows? Um, but he's one of those guys that played super well in contenders, and then just came in and shat the bed. Um, another concerning player is Decay. Like we've seen Decay hold the carry meme. I mean, that you got the whole like you know, you've seen Decay play at a level that's just unbelievable, mm. and then that just kind of was missing. For the most part, the only to carry moments we had this year in 2021 were like him on Reaper, 
None, no, no, like gigantic tracer moments. Well, maybe they were a few. Maybe I shouldn't say no, but it's just like what we remember from Decay in 2020 just felt like it wasn't here this year, yeah, right? Not the same at all. That needs to come back next year. I mean, otherwise, your team is one happy assassin, which could be good, but Decay is meant to be one of your star players. I mean, this is kind of like the centerpiece of your team almost. Like, mm. this, guy is, this guy's your mascot almost, you know, he, or he, at least he should be. Yep. Um, he's one of he's supposed to be one of the best players in the league and that just felt like it never happened he's your star player can't be performing at a low quality uh, that's not right so something's going to happen with with their because and here's my bone that i throw to washington or i don't even know if it's really a bone but because you know you're saying like okay maybe you didn't pay for like a top tier team but you got one my counterpoint is like yeah but they got one but two of their star players play like trash so like yeah. Did they really have a top tier team? Was Fury that good this year? Like he was good, but was he? I think a lot of people are still talking about Fury as of you know yes. his 2020, 2019 form. If you only look at Fury from this year, was he that impressive? I think a lot of Washington's individual pieces that were supposed to be good kind of fumbled this year. They they Fair really point, weren't. Yeah. So that point. Yep. So Gee. I mean, like I don't know that they had a top tier roster to be honest with you. <laughs> I guess in hindsight, I, I guess my only rebuttal to that is that there was at least twice to, I can't really put a date to the other one, but I, I remember that this, this is a roster that didn't feel necessarily put in positions to succeed a lot of the time. You go back and you look at Mag's ball was something that I very vocally was beating the drum of, you know, you, you can't, you can't run it. You simply can't. The kid doesn't know how to play it. Um, or it just it was not competitive enough to be able to play at, at the Overwatch League. It was it was tragic. Um, uh, it it I don't I'm I'm skeptical. I'm willing to give Ty Dollar a shot. I I don't hate the Kalios move. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm weirdly kind of high on Justice. I trust Ty Dollar. Um, from what I understand, he's a very influential, very six. Very good coach. Like he's he's just very fucking good. Mm. Like a Moby Dick level of good, maybe even potentially. He doesn't have the same reputation. Sure. But you know, as far as I'm aware, the quality is there. So mm. um I'm looking forward to what Moby Dick can do with the individuals because I think that's what they need. I think you need yep. to you need to get the full potential out of your individual players again. Uh and to sort of deliver what was promised expectations wise. Yeah. But in either case to sum up on the Washington Justice, uh, I got them kind of mid-table NA for now. I'm going to mm-hmm. leave it at that because I, I, I'm i not going to put huge expectations on this roster just yet. I think they've made some moves that are a little bit more, I'm not going to say dangerous, but they're definitely, you know, it's definitely more of a, let's develop these guys for the long term. Yeah, Maybe I'm just talking about opener. Uh, I think Krillin and Vigilante will be decent, but um, you get to be seen. Kalios will be decent, but I don't know. I don't know. I I still think Mag and I still think Mag and Decay need to do a lot to step up for me personally. They've got some star power. Yeah, I mean that's that's obvious. It's just you know, was twenty twenty one the the median? Is that what we can expect from this team, or was that just a, a flash in the pan? Like you're saying. So we'll cool. See. Final thoughts, Jessica. Anybody? 
No, I mean, once again, like, we'll see. I think that fundamentally, like, this this team is probably capable of, like, definitely streaking for, for like, a stage and whatnot. I don't know mm. what the, what the, um, competitive structure will look like, but, like, uh, I think this this has really strong matters, theoretically speaking. Like even if I extrapolate to five v five, um, just by the strength of the DPS, I think like decay and happy in their best possible meta of like I don't know what that would be like, even something like tracer widow or something, um, mm-hmm. would probably be pretty scary, especially if they are heavy peeking. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Alrighty. That wraps that up. Okay. Joe, take us away. Yes. Tell us what we're doing next. It's time for some, uh, it's time for some energy. It's time to get, uh, a little, hopefully excited. We'll see if, uh, the boys like it. Um, because this off season is, you know, it, it content's getting a little short. Getting a little dry, as uh, Avril said at the top of the hour. Um, so, last minute, kind of scrambled together, pieced together kind of a fun little segment that I like to call Get Off the Fence. Uh, I feel like esports in general can be very, uh, you know, wishy-washy. You know, we don't, we don't necessarily, we're, we're hedging our bets. Um, you know, I, I'm guilty as charged. Yes, uh, but... Yes, very much so. I'm I'm Captain Kent Fence Sitter. That's why I'm the host here, and uh, you guys get to play. So I get to not have to do anything, uh, but ask you questions. Uh, so name of the game. We've got ten questions. We've got two hosts. First person, you know, that I pose the question to answers relatively. Not necessarily. You don't have to off the top of the head. You could definitely have time to think about it. But you know, we're going for hot takes. We're going for you know. Just just how you feel, whatever that is. No, no contextualization. You can give some some whys to it. Some of the questions do have a why part, but regardless. Right. Ten questions, two hosts. We're going to give it, uh, you know, once once the the initial person asks, I'll open the floor to the other hosts, see if they want to kind of chime in, maybe give a, a rebuttal, maybe debate a little bit. Um, but uh, as long as, you know, everybody's ready. Uh, yeah, we'll kind of get started. Any questions? What if the I mean, fence feels you're very the one comfortable? The questions here. Yeah, no, I'm I'm well prepared. Yes, guy. What would you have? What did you say? What if the fence feels very comfortable to sit on? Well, um, we're gonna have to get you some KY jelly. You know, ease you off of it. You know, make sure that we're not damaging any internal organs. You know, I know Germany's pretty uh, scientifically advanced, so I'm sure we could get. Where, that where's up. the line between a fence and a wall? Because at what point? <laughs> Because functionally, they kind of serve the same purpose. They do. Different scales, right? True. So, True. like, my fence that I sit on is kind of like the Great Wall of China. You know, mm. it is very large uh, and a very well-constructed, uh, effective fence that keeps people from the north out. True. From the south. Right. My, my Actually, my wall is like that giant ice wall from Game of Thrones. I mean, so fair. Completely, com- there's dirty free folk out. Completely my, very my easy to break. Or... Lands. 
I mean, terrible plot. That should stood there. That should stood there for ten thousand years. It'd be easy to break. I mean, it looked like paper mache, basically, like in the show, didn't it? Depends if you have a big dragon or not. It's actually nuts that Daenerys threw three le dragon leads, right? Okay, like well, Joe, start us <laughs> off. Yes, not a okay. Game of Thrones podcast. Joe, start us we, off. Uh, we, we did not do a coin toss, and Avril did not win. Therefore, he will be going first. Um, sure. You know, uh, as the self-proclaimed PR manager for uh, 2021 MVP leave of the Chengdu Hunters, um, I have to ask, Avril, get off the fence with this. Are you taking leave or profit for all time Overwatch 1 GOAT and why? This is such an easy... I mean, I've already talked about profit being my GOAT, so this mm -hmm. is like not even... I've, I've never been on the fence. What are you talking about? This is... I've always been... I've always lent on profits. I mean, I don't even know why leaves in that conversation too. Like, he didn't really achieve much till this year. Fair. Um, yeah, I mean, there's... The two goats of Overwatch, unfortunately, and this is people are gonna hate this, is Jester and Prophet. But I'll just say it's Prophet because he's the one still playing. So Yeah, I mean I go with Prophet because he's won the most he's accomplished the most in all of Overwatch history, including outside of the Overwatch League. Mm. Guy was winning Apex while people were not even old enough to play in the Overwatch League yet. Joins the Overwatch League, has won the Overwatch League, has a stage title. Uh, people will say that he didn't do much in the other years, but I still think he's a pretty top player. Uh, uh, he still came second in 2020. Yeah, yeah, people will throw in the asterisks and say, like, oh, Roadhog Omega lol, but fuck it. Where was your team? Where was your team? Uh, so he's still got a second place there. I mean, yeah, he's done, in my mind, he's done a lot. Oh, and then other people will say, like, yeah, but what about all X and Y and Z shock player with two titles? And I'm like, well, okay. They had to, you're right, they do have two titles there, but those guys didn't do anything pre-Overwatch League. Mm. Nothing. They didn't, they were never, they were never a top player pre-Overwatch League. I'm not even talking about top player, like, Prophet was, like, not, not just a top player pre-Overwatch League, he was, like, one of the best. Mm. Uh, one of the best players in pre-Overwatch League. So, I don't know, I hold that to high regard, because when you talk about GOAT, the O, the, the of all time part, is really important to me. O and A. Mm. Of all, and the T, I guess. Of all doesn't make sense without the T. Of all, the AT. Let's just talk about the AT. The American tornado part. The all-time part is what's important to me about mm. about the GOAT discussion. Jessica, any, any thoughts? I know that you're a big profit drummer. Bro. I'm on the fence of saying neither of those guys. Oh, okay. So get off the, the fence. Prof, I know. In the entire world, and just, just and he's the one that's sitting on the fence. Oh. Who? Fledder. Oh. Yeah, Flash likes Fledder. Good one. <laughs> I mean, for one, Fledder was relevant before Profit ever made it to Apex. Agreed. Like this kid was already cracked. Like by the time Apex Season Two rolled around. Um. Yes, he didn't have much success before Shanghai Dragons. That's fair. Hmm. He was a season MVP. Can't can only say that about Leaf, but Leaf didn't like. Yeah, he won the Soul Cup. Nice. Yes, he was Grand Finals MVP. Fair. Like you guys know, like that. It's really hard for me to deny that Profit is like really good. 
It's just mm-hmm. like the question is, it, it, was it this season that you could make the case that Florida is now better? I'm also going to shy away from that conversation because like, I'm going to create content about best of all time, but I'm not necessarily going to get into the GOAT and it allows me to pick Profit and Flatter at the same time, which is very confusing for me. Otherwise, uh, it, would, it would internally destroy oh, me. GOAT to me has to be accomplishments. Has mm. to be accomplishments. I'm not talking about like... Well, I mean, in accomplish, accomplish, accomplishments also kind of pertain to skill as well. Basically, okay, here's, here's, the, here's what I'm willing to concede on. The GOAT can't be a player that has all the accomplishments, but is actually not a very good player. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, for example, yeah, yeah. despite me th- putting Gesture in there, it would be hard for me to argue Gesture, even though he's got all these accomplishments alongside Profit because they've been on the team together at the same time. I don't think Profit was individually like a driving force on those teams next to Profit. Guess mm. who was? It was actually Profit. He was a driving force on all of those teams. Yes. Um, also an MVP caliber player. Yep. And yeah, there's that. So that's why I don't I don't talk about other people. I don't talk about Fletter because yeah, Flashlux Fletter was a good player. Yeah, great, but Flashlux one of the worst fucking teams of all time. That's the truth. Funny you should bring that up. That is a, a follow-up question. Uh we're gonna throw this to the the progenitor of the deadlifts, Sir Yiska. Mm-hmm. Uh Get off the fence with this, Yiska. Uh, who was worse, Flash Lux of Apex Lore or the Season 1 Florida Mayhem? <laughs> gotta pick one. One or the other. Talking. It's, it's gotta be Mayhem, I think. Oh, okay. So, the reason I have is... Mm-hmm. Flash Lux, I mean... <sighs> a... Hmm. That's it's a really tough one. So theoretically speaking, like at least the Florida Man could farm on Shanghai Dragons. So like them getting like a win is like not that impressive if you no. So also if you just like look at the name recognition of all those teams. Mm-hmm. Wait, there was one banger player on Flashlux alongside Flutter. Who else was Shoe. there? Shoe. Now, of course, he wasn't sure that we now know. Um, I remember, I mean, okay, yes, not necessarily as flashy, but definitely statistically, you know, mm. interesting very luxy. to take a look at. Yes, very luxy. Very, not, not so flashy, it's, very luxy. So it's also like the Apex model is really unforgiving to people that suck into two matches, right? Like the, the group mm-hmm. model is, is rough if you don't get out of the groups. Um. They sometimes got close to winning those maps. Admittedly, like Florida Mayhem had also had a bunch of map fives. They went to map five with Shanghai Dragons, though. True. And I mean, they they had decent European players, and then they role swapped them. Um, no, I I am gonna I am gonna correct you there. Flashlux was very obviously. You you probably remember this. Like they won maps. They weren't very yes. close to winning matches. Yeah, it was it was noteworthy when they actually won a map. That changes <sighs> your opinion at all. We look at I'll 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 rattle through some stat like, lines. Apex season four, they won okay. a map. So, so okay, just to explain, like I think if the Florida Mayhem team plays against the Flashlights team of that time, Florida yep. Mayhem team is going to win. Okay. In comparison to the level of the competition they're playing, though, 
I think it Florida Mayhem was probably worse. And it was probably okay. worse because like the entire environment was also terrible, but like mm -hmm. um yeah, I don't know. Like subtract Shanghai Dragons from the equation and it's actually unfathomable how bad Florida Mayhem still was. And that that the True. fact that there was a team even worse than them is unreal. <laughs> like mm. yeah, I think I think in, in that context, like in context of their scenes at the time, I think Florida Main was the worst team. Fair play. Avril, any rebuttal? Any any arguments there? Yeah. Um just fun fact, by the way, Prophet was also the grand finals MVP of Apex season four. True. Just adding that in there. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's my rebuttal. <laughs> okay, fair play. Um, okay, I need I need you to specify which version of Flashlux. Like, just any Flashlux version from across any of the Apex seasons, or one of them specifically, or what? Well, what? let's... And, and Yeska, you can take this context and, and maybe change your answer after Avril goes here. Um, let's just specifically say Apex Season 4 Flashlux. So, oh, well, then I take Flashlux Season 4. The reason I take that team okay. is because, uh, as as the better team than Season okay. 1 Mayhem, is because, first of all, it's close enough to the Overwatch League season that you could probably compare them. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, actually, you know what? I take that back because that point doesn't help me. I'm going to use a different point that does help me, which is to say that um, the Flashlux players from that fourth season of Apex uh -huh. ended up becoming much better. Mm. They had much better. You know, they had much longer careers with much more successful careers, yep. especially Fletter, but even Coma, Coma and Shu actually both had great careers. Um, all these guys won stage titles, like Coma, Shu, Fletter all had stage titles eventually. Oberon had an okay run in uh, Contender's career. Mm. I don't know what happened to Vale and Wisu. But these, those guys disappeared, but, you know, can't win them all. Some of these guys will disappear. Uh, but, yeah, Season 1 Mayhem pretty much all disappeared. All those guys ended up not being relevant anymore. So, um yeah i don't know who would win if season four flashlux played season one mayhem that'd be really hard actually that'd be quite tough so i can't remember i can't really remember the performances of either team i just remember them both kind of sucking sure and yeah. it'd be too hard to make a call in terms of who would be worse so i'm not going to try fair play um, but if it's one of the flashluxes from either season one two or three then i got season one mayhem as the better team and flashlux is the worst team because those first three teams they have like zero redeemable members outside mm. of Flitter. <laughs> yeah. 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 Any any change knowing that it's Flashlux of season four, Yeska? Pretty no, much. I think as ever said, like that helps the, the Okay. Uh the situation. What what was the group like? Do you have the uh, Apex page open open? Yeah. Season four? In season four? Yeah, in season four. Kongdu, Panthera, which is Cloud9 Kongdu, which is Rascal, yeah, etc. NC Foxes, which was Sasha, Soman Snu, Rhea, Jung Mac, mm -hmm. and Krusty. Uh, and then Kongdu Uncia, which was Damon, Decay, Ding, Chungsik, Quartermain, Luffy. Bruh, you're not getting out of that. <laughs> like, that's, that's like everyone has an Overwatch League champion in that group. Like, it's. Nah. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, you can't really measure them against like some I mean, of the best players. They have an Overwatch League champion on their team. <laughs> True. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So all four of those teams had Overwatch League champions on it. Amazing. Mm. What a, what a group, huh? What a group. Dude, Apex is so underrated. Unreal. 
go back and watch it. I hear some I people. Anyone, are... I don't think anyone underrates Apex. What you just said is just not true. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Who's underrating Apex? Like new fans that are coming in specifically mm. from Overwatch League that haven't necessarily gone back and. Most of those guys shut up and they're just like, well, everyone else says Apex is good, so I just, I guess I just don't have an opinion on it. Most of those guys are smart enough to not say anything. Yeah. What? Watch me. I'm going to make the case that what Lunatic High did, winning Apex back-to-back, is equal one Overwatch League title. It should be, and I will defend this to my grave, but watch the haters come out and say, well, this question is develop deck then. You don't understand relative strength. I will strength. say Apex titles in general were equal to Overwatch League titles back in the day, and that, again, I use that as evidence to support my profit go mm. claim, because at that point in time, though, that was the highest level of Overwatch competition. Yes. So I don't, see why, I don't see why that should count for any less. And they also didn't have the stupid imitation of only having to field 18 year old players, so our 16 year old crack lords could already it's like pound stupid. faces. Jessica, it's not how it's not a stupid limitation. Joe, I support child labor, as you can tell. Joe, Joe <laughs> throw that up as an, a bonus question. No, it's not stupid. You really want children dropping out of school to play Overwatch or any esports? Stupid, that's that's stupid. Yes. If you're gonna be a full, <laughs> if you're gonna be an esports player, you, you pretty much have to do that full time. I would. I don't. I don't uh, want. I think it's like irresponsible to let every anyone play Overwatch professionally. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm moving away from Overwatch. Uh, I'm just saying esports in general. Agreed. Agreed. So, like, I'm heavily against basically. You know. Yeah, I'm heavily against like it, people exiting and leaving their education to pursue esports. It's that stupid. Agreed. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, eighteen's fine. I would even move that up to a nineteen in terms of age limit. Mm. I dropped a comment on Reddit today about this shit. So, really? yeah, I mean, so it just yeah, because someone was. I mean, at that point, um, Overwatch League is like actually not even close to the best competition in the world. Then, well, do you want minors dropping out of school to play esports? Yeah, I think. Having a pro player career sufficiently screws with your prospects of a future anyway, using the most fruitful years and uh, entrenching bad habits. And like, I'm gonna say it's 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 fun for us, it's fun for the viewers. Like, yeah, I want to see the best competition too, but at what cost? At the cost of like what make having child gladiators leaving school for this shit? Like, no, that's that's what a what a bad price to pay. Like, I don't know. I just I can't support that. I cannot. I could never support that. So, uh, I will sacrifice some level of competitive, you know, play for people not having their lives fucked over. Essentially, I would rather have a UZI. <laughs> Fair play. Yes, hates That's children. Would you? You'd rather have a what? Sorry, a UZI or uh, From League of Legends? Yeah. Mm. Talking about Uzi, yeah. Well, that's that, that's one. You 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 talk. You you bring up one guy who really succeeded. What about the hundred clones that didn't succeed that left school, and now don't have an education? Thousands of clones. If we're talking about League of Legends in China, to be honest with you, I mean, bring up bring up one successful guy. Like, come on. It it feels like the alternative for those guys would have been to just play just as much, but have no well, opportunity to. That's up to them. That's up to them, and that's at least not the esport encouraging them to do so. 
Because mm. once you've once you either remove the age limit or drop it down significantly, you are now as the esports organizer or the governing body encouraging that fucking behavior. Um, rather than like, okay, sure, you're not. Maybe you could argue maybe those kids are doing it anyway, but at least you're not the one saying, "Hey, do this." Yeah, I don't know. Like I, through education, I've developed like a. I feel like if you can pick up a craft, the earlier the better. Uh, in terms of like entrenching and like hyper focusing on something and like developing it through, um, you're never going to like you're never going to learn as quickly again. You're probably phased out. Like let's say we make it a hard rule that you only can start playing video games at 19. You are never going to be a professional player uh, in an environment where you have to compete against people that have started at 12. You just not. Sure. I mean, I this is why like. As we've completely derailed Joe's show now. No, this was the point. This was uh, this was entirely this is according to plan. I see, yeah, okay. So really, you only had two questions. You're like, damn. I hope no, these no. Are there's it. there's there's uh, plenty more, but I <laughs> I think the points of podcasts uh, that people enjoy are the the derailing moments. So again, um, yeah. So I lost my train of thought now. Basically, <laughs> taking kids out of school bad is my point. Leave it. Leave no, a comment. Um, Below YouTube, if you hate children, just like Jessica. <laughs> uh, I uh, I just don't I just don't believe in watching children fight for entertainment. Uh, for instance, like I believe in <laughs> taking school out, uh, kids out of school every single time if homes uh, adequate homeschooling is uh, provided, because that sure like thing. statistically is well, just we, like, the way better education than. If you had hmm. if you had a good. I was gonna say collegiate system, but now we're like we're we're out of high school. If we're talking about that. Right. Let's just maybe like a good school esports program mm-hmm. where you could you could do esports, develop your skills while still being at school. Basically, you know, if we had if you had the type of programs that high schools would have for traditional sports, wouldn't be an issue because no, for the most part, no one's leaving school in high school to play traditional sports unless you're like some unbelievably god tier prodigy player. Right. And you're like 16 or 17, and then you join like a professional team somewhere, getting paid a lot of money, and you you are like a prospect for like a a top pay contract in future years, earning millions of dollars. Yeah. Different mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. But in esports, you're doing that for nothing. Yeah, you're doing that for like theory. a tiny chance to get like what a 50k USD salary yeah. for one year, maybe one year, maybe two two three years max, and then what? You retire and do what? You got no education, you got nothing. I mean, if if you're against that, you probably want to facilitate esports that are, don't have a high frequency of changes, right? You want to have stabilized esports that don't better change, so your career can be expected to be five, six years, and you mm-hmm. actually make some bank doing so. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot that can be done there as well, but um, but also teams want the best talent. And because, you know, these young players coming through and these rookies are so good every single time. Because you're not, you're not wrong. A lot of them are grinded. They're grinding from like 14 or something, 13, 14. They're grinding four or five years, getting ready. And then they're finally 18 and they can play in whatever esport they're trying to get into. Because let's not, you know, beat around the bush. Other esports also have age limits for a good mm. reason, for the same reason. Mm. Um, these rookies are incredible because they've been, they've been in the pipeline, you know, for so long, especially in the case of, Overwatch, you're like a 15 year old in Overwatch contenders. You 
play contenders career especially you play through there by the time you come out the other end your fucking name is proper and you're like, like an absolute god at the game yeah even though maybe that's not a fair example because he's one person but like you know a lot of those dudes coming out of contenders career are phenomenal and they're only just turning 18 um a couple western I names i can i can think of that are perpetually 12 years old that are just not people, allowed to play people are gonna dislike me for this but i would pr- i i think that china rule of like limiting game time hours uh and like basically you need to be 18 plus to really mm. put in a shitload of time and compete like for a society is probably a good thing probably healthy you know? yeah. people might dislike me for saying that like oh my freedoms but like <laughs> what's the alternative like, thing you, you're doing with that time though pursuing an education hopefully <laughs> hopefully Building life is, skills is yeah very yeah very there's very the low teacher, hopefully they're not doing that if you're not gonna do that anyway then that's on you but like mm. i think like i think you know baiting kids into esports at a very young age where then like they maybe get baited into doing that instead of anything else in real life or they just like quit school for it it's just fucking like you you were just screwing kids over you're screwing mm. people over hardcore because of that like no kid should ever um drop out of school to pursue esports in my opinion that is that's gross that's predatory um so i don't know by the way always feels like just to add a little bit to the context of the discussion like someone like space did that as well they did uh i remember writing an article about them when we were still with immortals and they were doing agilities him and i think verbo were doing um like uh online classes so and, and you know good on them for doing online classes and keeping up but like we're talking about another success story yeah yeah, and i, I guarantee you for every mean, one success story there's a fucking thousand failures mm-hmm. and those yeah. failures are what i'm talking about those are the kids that have their lives fucked yeah i mean well, space, he's, doing, he's, he's, he's earning a lot of money he's he's getting a, a big bags and they have actually good on him he made the right call his parents made the right call that's a high fucking risk to take mm. At the same time, Last you, you gotta you gotta weigh it up against like. I I think I just have a fundamentally different like I don't care about the, the bottom like yes you got to risk and then you fall through if your dream doesn't work out. The alternative is to get a good education so you can get a good desk job so you can arrive at a destination that actually never comes in. Now you're currently in your casket. Like, I don't know. Uh, like if people you have a much, desire that shit. Much... Hey, a desk job pays you money. Which I don't where, care. For. Where, if you wanna if you wanna if you wanna have an income, a desk job will give you that. It doesn't sound sexy, it's not, you know, you're not gonna be in a sports car, but you'll fucking be alive and mm-hmm. uh, not on the street. Whereas, you know, you try and pursue something that I mean that is, is like a fucking fantasy, I mean. Yes, but like that's also possible. Yeah, it's it is I mean, it will inevitably damage your chances if you're one of the guys that fall through the cracks. But like, it's like if you're if you still show up, you still will have like the ability to support yourself. It might not support a family. That's a decision that that you're then making. So ultimately, the end of this is is you need the smart thing to do is to pursue your dreams and pursue you know, uh, the things you enjoy while having backup options and mm-hmm. having an education to fall back on. Because Wise life advice. Because like I, you know, I know, I know kids mm-hmm. who sacrificed their education to try and pursue esports and, and are currently still failing 
and I'm still like, man, I, I don't think you're making the right choices in life. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, I'm, I'm stubborn as shit as well. Like, you, 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 you couldn't tell me years ago that I shouldn't pursue esports. I was going to give it more, give it my all, and, and mm. now I have mad survivorship bias as well. But the reason, but because I have mad survivorship bias, is why I can speak to the exactly. other side. Yeah, because I've seen the thousands of people that didn't make it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, uh, and those are the people that get screwed over, not the, not the people that succeed. So, uh, Joe, have I answered your question? Beautifully. Again, I think that that was fruitful. I didn't want to get in the way of it. A lot of words to live by, you know, chase your dreams, but definitely uh, keep in mind the future is uh, is always uh, daunting. But this is why I love collegiate. Go collegiate. The Go best collegiate. program. Agreed. You can get an education and be a pro. It doesn't get better than that. Hearing a lot of, you know, positive things even in the back end. So, again, fingers crossed that that all works out with homecoming and whatnot. That said, Avril, speaking of people who haven't necessarily deserved or, or have deserved a chance, but necessarily haven't gotten it yet. Uh, I don't think I need to tell you to get off the fence with this. I think there's a couple names that you could probably draw. Um, could you name a contender star uh, from this season or any previous uh, that deserves a chance coming into 2022? Any names that kind of jump out at you that, you know, people are really not looking at? Oh. The speed of this answer is, is very telling, isn't it? No. Um, <laughs> yeah, fucking Otto. I've already talked about this guy. Give Otto a chance. Why is Otto not being given, given a look at? He, he was actually legitimately good. Hmm. And, and like Flex DPS is still going to be relevant more than ever True. in Overwatch 2. And for everyone that is like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like, I don't know. I don't, I don't even want to speculate on why he hasn't been picked up yet, but he's probably mm. at the top of my list as someone that hasn't been picked up that I'm like, Jesus, he's pretty good. Um, I think Ortho is another player that was super impressive as well. Ortho is like dynamite good. This guy is phenomenal. In fact, I think if we're going to put, if we're going to really compare player skill to skill, I might even say Ortho is better than Ardo, but I think Ardo's had obviously more success because he was on a better team. But both of those players deserve a shot. Um, hey, even Merritt, even though I'm, even though I'm like the one guy that's just like, yeah, maybe Merritt's a little overrated. He's still rated enough that he probably deserves a shot. Mm. And who else beyond that? Those are the main ones. Okay, I mean, Fair. I could go on, but those those would be my main ones so far. Uh, they're all Korean though. Let me just see. I think uh, from the other regions. Um. I think Nami's been really good from Australia. Maybe I'm a little mm. bit biased because I also cast Australia, but he's been really mechanically impressive to me, at least. And before anyone says, like, yeah, but he's just playing against other Australian teams, like, this guy fucking exclusively plays ranked in Korea and um, and NA and does well. And his mechanics are still impressive there. Um, before anyone says, oh, that's just ranked, I mean, like, keep moving the goalposts. Like, what else? Like, I guess, like, you're not going to be convinced unless he plays for a Korean or NA team. So I don't know. Maybe that's what he needs to do. But. If you if you're willing to move the goalposts that far, you're you you're apparently just going to keep moving them anyway. So I could, there's nothing I'll say that will convince you. Um, who else? October second for October two from Billy Billy Gaming is all right. Okay, I'd give him a shot. Interesting. Uh, I think I think Hyunjae from Billy Billy hasn't been looked at either, and he's the main support from the Hyunjae Irony duo. He's Hyunjae was pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. Mike Haley has been showing some improvement. C Wave as well. Those two DPS from Upper from Upper. No, I was about to say Uprising, Up Academy, which is Ultra Prime, which is the Guangzhou Academy team, not mm. not Uprising. 
could be could be a look at. I'm I'm starting to move down the list now. I feel like every new sure, player sure, sure. add on is further down the list from the one above it. But yeah, there lot, we go. A lot of extra Mine credit long. there. Yes, guy. Any any arguments, rebuttals? Anybody maybe in the West that has jumped out talking to the coaches and stuff that need to need to get eyes on? Mm, no, don't. No, no, nobody. That I mean, I still think FD God probably deserves a, a th second chance. I guess third chance, depending. Okay. Like he took his chance at Paris, we can agree on that, and then he got sure. his chance with Shock. Looked a little shaky there. I think he deserves a second second chance there. Um, Are you claiming that there's no good players and contenders? Is that is that a stance you're taking right now? No, it's more like, to be honest, like I haven't been able to keep oh, up of enough uh, in order to have an educated opinion on that. I think yeah. like someone like Sados, the most definitely is something that uh, people should be looking at. Um, but you're specifically like interested in people from contenders, right? Ideally, yes. Um, I mean, if you don't have anybody, it's no big deal. We can move on. Um, yeah, I, look, Mino maybe is a name that I often hear brought up uh, from players and like made it all, always deep in trials, but it was always like the last one to not make it or the first one to not make it. Look, Mino. Okay, yeah. I thought you were hooing him. Is he oh, rumored somewhere? That I don't. Sorry? Not sure. Is he, is, rumored? Is he rumored somewhere? Uh, always connected to people, but it's, it feels like he's always like the second choice and then maybe the first choice works out or... I don't know. Weird situation. I don't know where I heard this. I don't know where, where I got this, but maybe I, I, I may... For some reason, I felt like he was connected to Mayhem. Mm. Yeah, I might be. Might That's just... Been. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Possible. That's... I'm just talking shit. I don't know. That would be my pick, I guess. Fair play. All right. Yiska. Mm -hmm. You know, you often wake up to these. Um, something that your that brand is, is uh, quite, uh, quite known for. So I'm going to ask you to uh, fill in the blank. Uh, get off the fence with this. Uh, my nightmare is blank player winning the Overwatch League. Young Jin. Who do you... <laughs> Young... <laughs> Uh, no. Um, Karif. Okay. Any any particular wow. reason that the, the, the double sleep cart king is uh, haunting your nightmares? I, from my point of view, I feel like I'm watching different different matches than everyone else. I feel mm -hmm. like Karif got Rollstar, uh, season three was it, right? Um, based on like two sleep darts that he hit in crucial positions, admittedly carrying that particular match. Other than that, like, over the seasons, this kid has been overrated, like, unreal amounts. Um, getting, like, MVP votes, season MVP votes, like, in season one. Um, I don't know. Like, I will say, like, even people that are respectable, have, hold respectable opinions, or are, are much more knowledgeable than I am, favor uh, Karif. So maybe, what do I know? Maybe I'm a, an idiot. But, like... I always felt like Harif was mad overrated, and I've also never heard, uh, like, never talked to an ex-coach that didn't echo, like, yeah, I mean, if people think Harif is top-tier flex support, they're probably wrong. Um, so, I don't know, like, just, it's not even with the character of Harif. I think he's, a, like, a, a funny kid. Um, it's more like, it's more what Karif stands for is what would be a nightmare to me winning. Um, it's not what the player in question. For. Yeah. 
which is complete overrating based on like huge relationship to other bo cute boy and therefore being like heralded as icon or flex support position when people of way higher ability go unnoticed. Fair. Avril, any rebuttal? Who haunts your nightmares? Um, I don't even know if I have a player. I'd be okay no, with anybody a... winning. Fair play. I think even that's... like even people from season one Shanghai Dragons. Oh, even okay. if one of them won, I'd be like, oh, that's a little Roshan funny, action. For example, my favorite season one player from Shanghai Dragons, Fearless. Even if he won, I'd be like, oh, that's kind of funny. Fair. Um, no, I don't know. I don't even think I, I don't. I don't have any issues with anybody. I think they'd all be. It would be pretty funny if they won. It'll be kind of cool. Totally uh, reasonable. Maybe huge because if they're not a very good player, or at least if their if their reputation is bad and they won, mm -hmm. hopefully that would turn their that would be indicative of them turning the, their their own play and reputation around big time. Mm -hmm. Assuming they didn't just ride the bench to win. Uh, if they contributed to the to a win by playing in a grand final or something like that, then you know you, that's that's fully deserving. So I can't mm. uh, I can't say there's anybody. I mean, Fair this man isn't just Reasonable? sitting on the fence. He's like, eh, I don't think you get to I don't think you get to throw stones, Mister. Yes, guy. I told really? you my fence is like the Great Wall of China. It's really <laughs> where does the fence start and the wall end? I mean, so, sure, but you shouldn't build your house on it. <laughs> Schrodinger's fence. Yeah. Fair I play. Can, I, I can I can fit an entire summer's worth of tourists on my on my fence here. You know, it's that you wide. Airbnb it. Why not? Yes, guy. I will say I, I am subtracting imaginary points for the uh, non-nomination of a certain cruise ship anchor. Uh, yes, oh. we move on. We go to Avril. We're gonna ask. Who's the cruise ship anchor? Well, that's just lore that Dust. we'll get into later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gun to head, fence, hopefully hopped off of. Uh, Avril, can you fill in the blank for me? I am most worried about blank team coming into 2022. Most worried. Any, any concerns that kind of are floating around? Any boomage? Um... I am pretty worried about. I'm gonna try and pick a a top team. Okay. A top team that people might not be worried. I'm actually worried about shock, Ooh. and the reason for that is because their roster's not complete yet, and I guess I have mm. to kind of find out what the rest of the roster, their roster looks like. And I feel like they're the kind of roster that. Is very heavily relying on rookie talent to be extremely good, mm. and while there's a high chance of that being the case, um, I mean we've seen really hyped up rookie talent fumble. I mean, hello Mag, uh, and he's not the only one. To be True. fair, there's there's been others in the past that I can't name off the top of my head, but we'll get there. Um, shock. I mean, those I've I've explained this on previous discussions about shock, but those O2 guys have never played on a mixed team, nor have they played outside of Korea in general. Mm. And there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure playing next to Krusty, playing on the Shock, who are two peak champions, and then a lot of expectation on someone like Proper, who 
is probably the most hyped up player of all time in, in terms of rookie coming in. Mm. So all of that can be a lot of lot to play under. So I'm actually pretty concerned about them that they might not live up to those expectations because those expectations, again, I, I guess I kind of start this thing where I kind of I nudge a boulder down a hill. Mm. But man, that thing picks up some speed and I can't even stop it now. It's It's at the point where the way people online talk about them is like, it's to a level where like I don't I don't think anybody can live up to that. And like I'm not even I don't even I'm not even the one saying that. I'm not even one like coming out with anything outlandish. My initial takes were pretty, I think, fair. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, that that boulder, that snowball has gotten to a ridiculous size that uh is kinda hard to live up to now. So a little worried about the yeah. shock. Fair, fair, Yiska. Any team that's uh you know giving you London vibes or something? Atlanta. Okay, why is that? <laughs> I feel why like Atlanta? if I feel like if they catch a bad season start, it's it's R.I.P. My dude. And didn't that happen this year? They didn't start it's, all that. It's great. a different. It's a different uh, mix-up, though. So let me let me qualify this. A smaller coaching staff. I think losing Hunter is a big deal. I think there are a bunch of characters on that team. Like actually listening to <laughs> yeah. our uh, pod- podcast back uh, with um, where I was gone with Dogman and him okay. saying like Hawk okay. was also a character. Actually, like, whew, there's there's a lot of characters if Hawk is like one as well. Gee, <laughs> dude, like, whew. Uh, like if that goes <laughs> south, then you have some characters uh, to. And I'm not sure like if everyone has main character syndrome. Like, how does that Yo. work, right? Atlanta Rain got more character development than Overwatch. It's been worse. Yeah, yeah, but zero heroes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think like for one, that backline is only used to winning. Mm. It is very easy, as as we saw with London Spitfire. Mm-hmm. Once once champions start losing, that can be pretty rough on on players, especially their mental. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly. Those kids involved there also like our characters. Um, I feel like okay, Kai, Kai is like is is like probably the most chill out of them. Like whenever like I gotten to I've gotten to uh, interview Kai, he's like usually really just like chill about it. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. he he seems to work on di- on a different wavelength than most other players. Sure, I don't know about Venom. But and Gator seems also pretty even keeled. Everyone else just like could could de- destabilize at any given moment depending on results, um, which is not an unusual quality. It's just like in the density that is happening on the on the rain. Add to that the subtraction. Add to that the, uh, f- the potential meta change and a fairly small team with probably not as much chance to. Uh, augment in this season while also considering that they opted to not go three supports and not go the double flex support route than anyone else I think I'm a little concerned for them there that like they they were probably top three, top four teams in the world this year mm-hmm. uh, it, it could be rough a rough way down the hill from there on okay Fair, fair enough. Avril, any any quick thoughts? Damn, Yusuke had a better answer than me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, 
I could have just cheated and said like, "Oh, you're the Valiant." The Valiant, oh, I'm yeah. Really worried about them. Oh, I'm really quite worried. <laughs> um, that's fair. But, I, I think both are, are well well put together. Uh, gone for the low hanging fruit, you know. Yeah. Just picked an obviously bad team. Like, oh, I'm no so fun. worried for this obviously bad team. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fun. I think the shock was was well said. Yeah. Yiska. As you know, we're we're all you know. Time is no uh, no no friend to any of us. Um, get off the fence with this. Uh, who is a retiree that you would love to see return in twenty twenty two, and why? Who's retired that you want to see back in the league? Can I take? Is it can I take players that retired just recently? That would be lame, right? Sure. I mean, sure, if you want to be a a. a bitch. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can only take you can only take players that retired in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, saying bird ring f- feels cheap, right? Like that's that's like a little bit little too bit. obvious. I think oh, I'm reaching the pocket a little bit. I think I'm I'm reaching a little bit more in the pocket, but probably not too far. Okay. I'll say bumper. Um, okay. So I think like more of the mechanically skilled main tanks. Always like really quick to pick up new heroes, which is a skill that would be required. Really just phased out because he didn't give a shit anymore, like, uh, and like went his own way. I think it would be super fun to have a character like that back uh, in the league. Um, I think theoretically speaking, the aggressive playstyle might might just be what a main tank needs to play. Mm-hmm. So that would be my choice. Okay, Avril, retire. You want back? Takesy backsies. Anybody all you of, like. All of the season one Shanghai Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Some people just like to watch the world burn. And, uh, I, think, uh, I think the retiree I'd really like to see back is... Um, uh, <laughs> uh, no, um, I think... Um, I hear he's doing well in uh, that other game. Um... Hmm. I'm. I was actually really upset by Choi retiring. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, feel that. And even though, even though that's really recent, I feel like Shock really would have liked to have kept him. Mm. He would have been perfect to come back to the Shock this year, next year, go rather. Um, they're looking for a new flex tank. I mean, Choi would have been fantastic. Work with Super again. Um, one of my favorite off tanks of all time, and super sad to see him go. No. Uh, he would have been. He would have been so good for so many. Like he could have gone to Soul yeah, next to Smurf. He could have stayed on yeah. Shock next to Super. He could have. He could have been on any team. So many teams. I mean, fuck. I'm sure Washington would have tried to drop a bag on him. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, got Kalios, but you know, I'm sure they would have preferred to get choice. Like so many teams would have would could have used this guy. Um. So, I'm sure that uh, Toronto would have dropped a huge bag on him. And not go to, not have gotten Hopper if they had the option to yeah. try. Likely. So, yeah, losing Choi, like, I think just hurts the league. Just, like, seriously, this guy was, in my in my mind, still in his prime. Because people keep saying, like, oh, maybe Choi's, maybe he's washed. Mm-hmm. And then you see him play. I think he played phenomenally in the playoffs. Yeah. This year's playoffs, he was so good. Like, this guy is literally still at his peak. Yeah. So, yeah, that sucked. We all, we all wish. Can, uh, can I throw... I mean, one obvious name is Huxall as well, right? Sure, sure. That's like love to see him come back for Overwatch too. Did am I misremembering? Did he say as much? Maybe with uh, when yeah, he maybe. was retiring, mm. I thought he I 
vaguely remember that. But this guy only plays League of Legends now. Yeah. So. <laughs> him and uh, him and Lanjay Lee. Rusty. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Avril, throwing this to you. Get off the fence. Uh, even though the spark is a little wishy-washy when it comes to their performance. Uh, are you bullish on Shy going into 2022? Is that still a player that you think can perform? Hell yeah. Okay. Um, because mm-hmm. he had some of the highest individual mechanical peaks I'd ever seen on any player this year. Okay. And that, you know, I'm, and that's, you're going up against people like Lip, Leave, Flitter, Fearless, and some of their peaks were ridiculous, right? Especially leaves peaks were quite. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be straight. Leaves peaks were way higher than. Well, I don't know about way high, but definitely higher than Shy's. But Shy's sure. peaks on hit scans, even with Lip in the pool, like Lip did some wild stuff on Sombra, especially. Right? Mm. That's his hero, right? Shy on those flick scans on the specific sniper esque kind of heroes. Holy shit, he was good. Like to the point where, like jaw droppingly good. Mm. To the point where I didn't see I didn't see other players do that. His Cassidy, his Ash in particular, I did not see other players do that. To his level of consistency and wow factor, and just how crazy his shots were. There, there, there was that one dynamite clip on. I remember casting this as well on Hollywood. Can't remember who it was against, where he just like did some of the wildest flicks accurately on players. As a Cassidy on Hollywood B, it was, uh, I remember distinctly how beautiful it was to watch, even in slow motion. It was slow, slowed down to like 25%. And I'm like, mm. dude, it's still impressive. It is still so good, even at this speed. Um, Yeah, I, I think Shy is. Shy has the capability to be the best hit scan in the world. Uh, okay. If he can, if he can hit, if he has the right team around him mm. with some decent coaching uh, and he can. You know, go back to be back at that peak again. Wow, this guy's on. This guy's unstoppable. Yes, guy. Shy. Twenty twenty two. I mean, I'm that. I'm just worried that he's signed to the wrong team. That's the, the only thing that has me yep. a little worried. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not at all worried about his ability as a player. Like, it's probably like, yeah, I think so. Like, he's probably top five talented player ever in Overwatch. Uh, okay. Mechanically. Um, it's it's really, like, I don't think anyone clearly outmuscles him mechanically in the history of Overwatch. Um, that should theoretically... Leave! Leave! <laughs> should ter- theoretically, like, transition uh, pretty well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, then not... not Yeah, I'm, I'm mostly very... I, I don't see what should have changed or could have changed the season that the Spark environment got more conclusive towards like becoming a uh, successful team. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm concerned about that. But um, about him as a player, especially when his contract runs out, I, I, I think he, like, if I had to bet, probably has an 80% chance of transitioning well into Overwatch 2 if he wants to. Okay. Fair play. Avril? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna re- remind people my asterisks on there okay. of uh, on his specific heroes. I'm not saying shy on all heroes. I'm just like his Fair. his heroes that he's very good on, and any new flick scans that appear in Overwatch Two, mm-hmm. I expect shy to be elite on. 
But yeah. I mean, the most impressive player this year was still by far leave, and mechanically mm-hmm. speaking as well, every every facet of the game leave, just because his hero pool way wider, he can play all the hit scans and the and the projectiles, um, also a mega high level, and also mm-hmm. I think Tracer is probably the highest skill cap hero in the entire game, and if you were like the number one Tracer, then you probably just are uh, well. <laughs> that alone might make you the best player in the game. Then you f- remember that sh- the leave also has all the like twenty other heroes in the game that he plays as well. So, mm. well said, well said, Yiska. Going to you, KY Jelly. We're gonna try and get you off this fence. Twenty twenty one roll stars. There was a name that uh, the community kind of deemed was robbed. Do you feel like Hawk was robbed for the tank roll star award? Get off the fence. So the problem uh, off-tank players always have is like, I feel like off-tank is unusually stacked with... um, Sure. Like, if it was up to me, you're giving zero um, awards to main tank players. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, none of the main tank players, barring Fate, and even you could argue Fate didn't do it, played their picks to the highest level. Meanwhile, a lot of off-tank players did. Now, is Hawk under-rewarded for whatever he does for Atlanta? Likely. The problem is he's competing probably... Yeah, I think so. In the second most competitive role uh, mm-hmm. after DPS. Now I'm struggling to... like. M- maybe you, you're saying, well, yes, DPS is technically speaking two roles. Isn't really anymore, right? Uh, is he... Is, off tank really more competitive than flex support? Last season, I think so. Um, I mean, you're rolling up against Choi, you're rolling up against um, uh, freaking uh, uh, Hanbin, you're rolling up against uh, Void. Yeah. Like, yeah. are you going to give Hawk an edge over those guys? It is really I mean, hard. To be- to be fair, their you know space did edge him out. Yes, and Is that, and I think that's wrong. Okay, so would you say that he was robbed? I mean, I think he was robbed, but I think others were more robbed. Okay, because mm-hmm. theoretically speaking, like he was very close to the other off tanks. Mm-hmm. I think there were clearly off tank players ahead of space as well over the entire season. Fair play. Avril to you. Any rebuttal? Was Hawk robbed? Uh, in a way, yeah. But at the same time, like I can see where Yiska's coming from. You could probably name four off tanks here. Mm. Or like four tank players here that you could put ahead of Hawk. So, oh, robbed. He wasn't like as unbelievably robbed. As say, the daylight robbery of Pelican from yeah. Rollstar, like oh, ooh, ooh, whoever didn't vote Pelican Rollstars, mm, you're on my naughty list for Christmas. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> because um, imagine, imagine Rookie of the Year, MVP candidate, clear, clearly one of the best players we had all year long. Mm. Imagine not putting this guy up as Rollstar. No, look, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that Sparkle or Kefster weren't good enough. They were absolutely good enough. Uh, Lip Leave, you can't deny those. Those are two, undeniably two of the best players of the entire year. Mm. Um, 
Sparkle Kevster. Nah, that's where you got to start stepping in. And I'll be straight. I did vote for Sparkle personally, and I listed reasons as to why I did that. I felt like he was very important for Dallas. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, looking back, I'd fucking change that vote for Pelican and Harpy. And that, actually, that's incorrect. I did vote for Pelican as well. My four were Leave Lip, Pelican, Sparkle. Uh, so I did not have Kevster on. And okay. here's the thing about um, Kevster is like, no, I, I don't deny that he's a fantastic player and he's really, really good. But I feel like him and Shu and Gladiators in general was so heavily recency biased into all of those awards. Like, incredibly so. They got recency biased the fuck in those awards. And by the way, fuck anyone who said, like, oh, you know, Chengdu Hunters and leave recency bias. I'm like, can't seriously say that while keeping a straight face talking about any of Glad's players. If you seriously believe that, then you then you are even more you should be more angry about the Gladiators players having recency biased their way into any awards. Mm. Because uh at least leave accomplished more, made Hawaii a bunch of times and did and generally just played out of his fucking mind the entire year, the entire season, versus what Glads were doing. I'm not trying to shit on Glads too much here because I like their team and I'm friends with them. Sure, but sure, sure, sure. at the same time, like Come on, guys. How relevant was Kevster until the end? Really? How relevant was Shu until the end? Yeah, don't get me wrong. They were good. They were good mm. in their region, and they did well. But they didn't make Hawaii until the end. Um, mm-hmm. And how many times did this team, like, buckle like versus everybody? And, you it's know, true. They, just didn't, true. They, didn't, they didn't make shit. They didn't do shit. Yep. Uh, by you, Atlanta you know, a few times, yeah. People, people just shove shove their players into role stars right at the end. Why? I mean, bro, Chengdu did better as a team over the course of the year, outside of the fact that they did lose to Gladiators in the Summer Show and the Countdown Cup. All right, give you that one. But the rest of the year, Chengdu were way more consistent. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Fair I feel like, play. so, you know, this is not a Chengdu Glass discussion as much as it's like, uh, I don't think Kevsa deserved their role star as much as Pelican did, personally. There are some more robbed people, you know, looking at the awards as a whole. Yeah, but if you if you if you want to die on the hill of Kevsa, like no, Kevsa definitely deserves it. You want to die on that hill, then fucking take Sparkle and put Pelican in there. Mm. Pelican should have gotten e- e- over either Kevsa or Sparkle. I'll let you decide which one. Uh, there's no way he gets it over a Lip and Leave. Those are the number two. Those are the top two in my opinion. The mm. Pelican's my number three, and then either Kevsa or Sparkle after that can be five. Okay. Uh, four or five. They'd be four and five in whatever order you want. But Pelican's in that top three for me. The fact yes, that get... he didn't make the top four is fucking stupid. Fair play. Just get a quick little sidebar. Anything to add there? Mm. I mean, Pretty much I, in agreement. I didn't go Pelican. Um, You're not getting a present from me. <laughs> <laughs> Cole. So I went Leaf. I went Lip. I went Sparkle. And I went Fledder. Mm. Now, in hindsight, okay. would I substitute Fledder to to Pelican? Mm, maybe, yeah. I don't know. But at the time, keep in mind, like we're we're now thinking about the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't necessarily the situation that we were in when when we had to submit those votes. Correct. Um, <clears throat> I think it was de- definitely very close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could even justify probably putting Pelican over Sparkle easily. Uh, probably yeah. would feel better than Flutter, honestly. Yeah, I agree. So, I think he was better than Sparkle. I actually regret Sparkle a little bit. I, maybe I could have put Kevster there, but I think they're, they're both even for me. 
Yeah. It doesn't matter. My my top three are, are clearly fine. My fourth pick, you can uh, you can say my fourth pick was garbage, but Lip Leave Pelican, undeniable. Mm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Coming back to Avril here for the last few. Uh Avril, get off the fence oh, with shit, this. Only only one one per each, so we'll we'll get through these pretty quick <laughs> in the right, skedaddle. Uh, Avril, get off the fence with this. Which off-season move has been the most slept on by the community? Any underrated moves that uh, you think deserve a lot more fanfare than uh, what we've been given? Um, Time to wake up Joe Biden. Referencing the which, which move has Sleepy Joe slept on the most? I could sleep. Um. Oh man, Callius is a is one, but I I'm I'm also sleeping on that too. So I I can't really say that. Okay, so I'm sleeping on that Callius pick currently. Maybe mm. oh, this is tough, man. This is tough. Does Yiska have one first? I'm still thinking. Do you want to pass, Yiska? Do you have one off the top of your head that? So you like? you're, you're asking a pickup that is underrated at the moment? Which off-season move has been the most slept on by the community? Right. Somebody that you rate. Oh, hang on, hang on. Okay. Does the coaches count? Coaches sure. Count? I'll take it. Smash. Smash. No one talks about Smash. Nobody talks about Smash. Smash burger. No one's talking about Smash. People, I actually even saw uh, this This comment triggered me. A lot of comments do, but this one in particular triggered me. <laughs> okay. Um, someone's talking about like, oh man, I just don't have any faith in, in the LA Gladiators coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, the fuck? Okay. Fake's getting promoted. He he was part of the Gladiators success this year. And I'll, I, you know, I will, even though I had this fucking big segment about Gladiators and how they didn't have success, by the end of the year, by the end of the season, they were doing really well. Mm. Right. And if mm-hmm. you, anyone who is willing to credit Depay for that success, even though people do do like to be hating on Depay because apparently that's fun, if you want to get credit Depay for the end of year success, even though they lost Atlanta, but everyone did, so don't use that as, as the excuse, then you got to say that Face did a decent amount. Face and Ty Dollar deserved credit as well because they were assistant coaches who worked under Depay, and they that coaching staff did a great job with the team, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So people underrating Face, what the fuck's up with that? Um, but then beyond that, you even then this then these people forget that Unters joined the team who turned Atlanta Rain around. And I'm not talking about when he arrived in Atlanta this year. I'm talking about the entire year. Even I mean, he admitted that early the start of the year was a bit rough, but the franchise turned around from their reputation from 2020 in a big way. Mm. So you got to say like Unter did a fucking fantastic job there. Um, and the beyond that, you know, people talk about Face and Unter, but people just don't even talk. People don't even know that Smash exists. Like hello. People, mm. I, 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 everyone knows Proper by now because Proper's name has been spread among the fucking True. universe and everyone knows about Proper. Um, and I've marketed the shit out of Proper. Maybe I should start marketing Smash. That was the mistake I made. I did oh. not market this guy. I should market him more. Which is what I'm doing now. He, this is, he's legitimately the brain behind O2 Blast success this year. Mm. He is, he was, by all intents and pur- purposes, probably the head coach of O2. I mean, Ultra Boss okay. takes that title, but Smash, um, I'm just going to say spiritually is kind of that guy. Even if he isn't, he's the, he's the assistant coach that like really, he's like the unter of that team, right? He's that assistant coach that really fucking, really got that team going. Mm. Um, and him joining uh, Ellie Gladys is a big deal. Like this is, 
I think, one of the biggest off-season coach signings there is. Okay. Next to Moby Dick, next to Ty Dollar, Smash right there. And Smash people, people don't know, people don't know about Smash because most people, I, I understand. You probably don't follow contenders. I understand. Um, but if you know anything about O2 Blast and you're willing to talk about prop and you'll, mm. you, know, you, you'll, you remember all that kind of shit, then I don't know. I don't know why you would, you would not talk about Smash as if he, as if he wasn't part of that success, and he was. So. This pick is not only underrated, it's like he's not even on the radar. He's not even being rated anywhere. Because I think to be underrated, you have to be rated incorrectly. Right. He's just not He's just not, not, he's even not rated at all. About. He's just not even being rated. That's a fucking mm. crime. Fair play. So so asleep that they're comatose to smashing that like button, which all of the YouTube community should do, by the way. Uh, Yiska, hmm. are you smashing or are you passing? Which offseason move has been the most slept on? I mean, I like the smash comment for sure. Okay. Okay, this is super, like, beca just because I talked... I, so I did an, uh, an interview with Poco today, and mm -hmm. I talked to him about 9K. Okay. And I think 9K going back to Shock is actually huge for the Shock. So, like, we know, like, Krusty's a good people manager, and he's also really good at... Uh, micro stuff on some roles. Nine mm -hmm. K is the perfect puzzle piece because, like, Poco basically told me, like, it is really impressive when a coach can come into your role as a player, and you send him like a vod of where you think you played very well, and the coach comes over and says you played very well, but you could do X, Y, and Z in the micro. Mm -hmm. And the player going, you know what? That's actually fucking true, dude. And in terms of like tank play, especially how it will develop in Overwatch 2, I think that's mm -hmm. valuable to have someone that really thoroughly understands tanks. Of course, like maybe, maybe like Anake will be out of his element with Overwatch 2 and the one tank meta. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like I, th I, I trust him to be able to adapt and learn that very quickly and, and to have that back on your team that's also like supported by a star-studded roster mm -hmm. is potentially very large. And I think a lot of people were a little bit down on 9K because of the, I mean, sure, like we hyped him a lot. Like people think he was just like a general manager in season three, comes into season four, doesn't have the great success, of course. Like um, everyone understands like the circumstances weren't the greatest, but like I don't think people necessarily think of him like, oh, one of the best coaches in Overwatch League. Because, like, uh, 9K is also a double threat. He has the micro and macro understanding, but he also has the people management on top of it, right? Can play mm. good cop, bad cop with... Well, that's a triple threat. Well. Triple threat, yeah. yes. And, um, yeah, I think, generally speaking, like, that might be something that can be very crucial to the shock finding back to whatever they were before. And maybe we find out it isn't, it was the trifecta of also Junkbuck being there. But we will see. Possibly. We will see if uh, Thanos can collect all the uh, the Infinity Stones. Avril, any quick uh, rebuttal to that? Any thoughts? No rebuttal. No okay, rebuttal. fair play. I'm just trying to think of a player. I, okay. I cannot think, I can't think of a player that's been like heavily underrated mm. so far. Uh, maybe I've missed it. Maybe like a Gurio? Any any feelings there? People really not talking about. Rated. Okay, uh, he's, he's correctly rated. Uh, people, 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 people are right to 
be skeptical skeptical of uh of Korea. Okay. Uh I don't know much about Hydron. I think most people have been okay with Hydron. Okay. I think the pink underrated. Mm. Underrated. Any Philly boys? I think they were initially underrated, but I think people are coming around to the fact that Catch they're probably Okay. Yeah, they're coming up. They're coming up. Um, God, underrated. I don't know if there's been a a player that's been heavily underrated so far. There probably is one, and I'm just not thinking of it. It's fair. Uh, if it comes to you, you can always come back to it. Keep it in the back pocket. Checkmate. Checkmate's underrated. Checkmate's underrated. Right. Checkmate's heavily underrated because I've seen this guy on DPS. I don't know what he can do. Uh-huh. And most people haven't seen him on DPS, so pe- they just most people tank. remember Checkmate as like, oh, he's that funny, he's yeah. a funny press shift tank guy who's yeah. actually a DPS player, but he never played Good DPS. Shot. That's what people remember. Mm. Uh, but because and because of that, his reputation's kind of been kind, kind of under under whack. His, his yeah. reputation's been skewed up, yeah. you know. So I think I think he's underrated for that reason because people don't realize he's actually a good DPS player. They just think he's a bit of a meme. Mm. Fair play, fair play. Yiska, coming to you with the final fence to hop off of. Um, known as the Captain Florida Eye Roller himself. Um, you're going to give out the Eye Roll of the Year award for this offseason. Uh, which offseason move for the 2020 Overwatch League offseason has been the most overrated by the community? The Eye Roll Award. Who is Big Sleepers? Oh, that's a hard one, man. Hmm. Okay. What do you what do you look at and you're just like Yiska, I don't think Yiska this is gonna work. Throw somebody under the bus and I'm and I'm here you know being nice and <laughs> you know putting someone on the bus right in the bus. Like, here you go. Help. Let me help you in, inside this bus. And Yiska's like, let me take you from inside the bus and throw you underneath it. Dude, like this is like he's baiting me in order to be in some fucking montage when that kid just actually wins like <laughs> the rookie of the season. <laughs> But oh, I, I, so, so which kid is it? Which okay. kid is it? You ready? Yeah. You ready? Sure. Yeah. Atlanta's backline. Well, both of them. <laughs> both of them. Yes. Okay. Both of them. Yiska went. Well, Yiska went. He got the double kill. Two. His 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 quota was one kid. He's like, oh, I'm gonna take two kids and throw them on the camera. Because <laughs> people's elbowing both oh, of them. Oh shit, dude! I guess any particular reason why? I mean, ultraviolet's been hyped up forever. You know, yeah. this is this is a pretty lauded backline. Every- why are we tossing them under the bus? Everyone has a plan until they had get head in the face, bro. Like it's very different if you're playing against fucking London Spitfire and like fucking. Whoever is like good in in North American contenders, or if you're playing against, you know, like Kefster or like okay. like you know, like Pelican or whatever, like that is mm-hmm. just a fundamentally different experience. And I I wonder about the tenacity of that backline being able to um, withstand that. That people have also told me OG is very good mechanically. So they, I shouldn't be too worried about uh, him playing flex support as well, if that was required. Mm-hmm. Not sure that about that, buddy. Um, I think like if if I had to name anyone, that would probably be. Oh, mm, I've got another one. Ooh, got okay, another one. three people. Mom, get the I, camera. The just, triple. Here we go. Striker. Oh. oh. Yeah, you're I, not. You're you're down on the homecoming. 
I'm down on the homecoming. I don't know, dude. Uh, I, oh shit! Like, if if whatever like reason why people won't, don't want to play with you is not gone by season four, it's not going to be gone by uh, season five, my dude. Um, <laughs> like, the yes, he's mechanically very skilled. Let's fingers crossed this game still stays like within Tracer and like Cassidy, maybe. But other than that, mm, never really been too impressed. Other than uh, and not even Widow. Like, I don't know. I I think like that's that's like. But what they, about the Weeper? Yes, guy, you for forgetting about the Weepers. Yeah, have fun with <laughs> Reaper, dude. Like, <laughs> I Reapers, no. Reapers. Nah, I think that's that's like that's another one. Like, it, he's just going to be average. I think he's going okay. to be average, and then he's going to suddenly disappear, and everyone's like, "Huh, I wonder what happened." I know what happened, my friend. <laughs> and the paraphrates do too. Fair, fair, fair. Uh, Avril, uh, do you veto oh. the eye roll of the year, or are you in agreement with Yiska's triple kill? I mean, now Strike is a really good one. That's actually an insanely good one. Uh, I mean, just looking through all the players now, I don't even know if there's a better one than Striker. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that's the best answer. That is legitimately the best answer. Okay. Because um, the other ones are like, they're not even overrated. They're rated correctly, you know? Right. Like, I was going to say Architect, but I was like, I don't think he's overrated. No one overrates him, you know? No one mm. no one says he's better than he is. Um, I don't know, man. Like, everyone's about correct. Everyone's about correctly rated. I don't think there's any... It's maybe. Uh, am I the only one that thought like Piggy was just okay? Like I know a lot of people really thought Piggy was really really good. Is that there's not even a new signing though? That's just like a that's just like retaining a player. Yeah. I don't even know that that counts. Like. I mean, it's just a move. Which off season move has been the most overrated? So I mean, I guess retention is technically a move. It's up to you. Yeah, you I mean, take I it however know. you want. I, I, I wasn't like mega suppressed. I wasn't mega impressed with with uh, Piggy personally. Mm-hmm. So that's more than maybe. Fair. Maybe Violet actually because that because he was he that good this year. I think Violet probably had one of his worst years. If anything, to be fair, if you're a shock player, not winning the season is considered your worst year now. Anything mm. below anything below first place in the entire season is your worst year, considering you won twice in a row. Mm. Yours has um, a flex, man. <laughs> Turn the roll. I think, yeah, I think, I don't know, Violet kind of, this wasn't a good, great year for Violet. He wasn't elite at all. I don't think Violet made it on anyone's, like, super elite flex support list. Mm. Like, he actually dropped out of that list. But I don't know if he's, over, the other problem is, I don't know if he's overrated, because I think most people agree with that, which means he's rated correctly. Hmm. Possibly. So yeah, it's just it's just striker. It's just striker then. Okay. I don't I don't have a better I don't have another answer to that because I feel like everyone is correctly rated. I can't even say Hisu because I think most people rated Hisu correctly yeah. that he's like he's just like he's like a good okay player. I think some hardcore Toronto Defiant fans definitely overrate Hisu, but you know mm. they're a little bit biased, and I'll give them that. You know, it's understandable. This guy, a quick little, quick little ad- ad- addendum, <laughs> amendment. No, I don't. I don't take any issue with what uh, Avril said. I will say I'll. I'll get a quick jab in. Toronto Defiant have definitely overrated Chirog, my friends. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
it expressed in what they were willing to pay for that guy. And that's about as much I will say about that. Fair enough. Fair enough. If anybody, you know, if, uh, feedback is definitely appreciated with the get off the fence. This is, you know, the first time out. So the, you know. the fans, the fans out there must be like, oh, Chorong's getting paid a million dollars. Any, any patrons, crouchers, definitely get feedback. We will continue this if, if you guys like it. Uh, but we only know if you communicate with us. So let us know. Um, and uh, I don't know if we want to quickly go over this, but I'll, you know, open the floor back up to Avril here. Uh, co-streaming thoughts, Overwatch League. It's definitely uh, pretty successful. It looks like it's pretty successful in that uh, that other shooting up oh, bang, bang game. Uh, this is a one hour segment, guys. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone disagrees. I think I think everyone I think everyone who is a fan of esports and who's paid attention to esports uh, knows that co-streaming, even even if you only follow Overwatch. You probably know that co-streaming, on to some degree, is, is like a pretty cool thing, but it's been heavily underutilized in Overwatch. Yeah. Um, and Riot is kind of paving the way right now and showing the world what you can actually achieve with co-streaming, and mm. so they have big co-streaming deal is not the right word to use. Uh, I wouldn't even say agreement. What was what would be the right word to use? Big co-streaming, like not even partnership, just big co-streaming, like you know, things, <laughs> things going on with uh, with got the, things with and the, stuff. Yeah, with the with the with the co-streamers, mm. where you know they're they're collab we're collaborating. Maybe that's a better word. They're collaborating with um, you know, specific content creators and personalities, and giving them official rights to co-stream so not not the unofficial stuff i'm doing when i'm co-streaming right. overwatch league right and i'm i can't show any other game really i show the hud in that set yeah that's unofficial you can't actually watch the game from my feed official co-streaming means the full stream you can see the full stream and you do not have to be watching the main stream you can just watch the stream on my stream or mm -hmm. whoever the co-streamer is I, that's an official co-stream i've done a couple of official co-streams but mostly Mostly, they're all unofficial that I've right. done, um, and I think Overwatch League could do a lot more with official co-streams that with uh, personalities and content creators that are not just like official franchise team co-streams. Because mm. if you pay attention, you'll have noticed that Shock did co-streams, Runner did co-streams, Washington did co-streams, and some other team. I think Atlanta did a co-stream as well. Mm -hmm. um, so the official teams did their own co-streams on their YouTube pages and they did not do well. Like some of them got like 10 viewers, you know, or less uh, because they're poorly marketed. Right. Most people, and, and this is the other thing, there's the other problem with co-streaming Overwatch League is that it's all on YouTube. Like you can't even co-stream, Not it has to be on YouTube. You can't mm. do it on Twitch. So the co-streams are doing, the official ones, I, I mean, not, I'm talking, not talking about Vast, not talking about me, not talking about Brand here. Official co-streams were done through franchise teams only, yeah. and it was exclusively on YouTube, and no one knew about them, and the marketing for them were really, really bad, and they're not discoverable. They were incredibly undiscoverable. You, I, I didn't even, it was hard for me to even find them. You know, mm. I didn't even know which ones were on. It was so poorly marketed. I'm like, I consider my you know, myself to have my air very close to the floor of Overwatch stuff, and I didn't even know about half of them. Yeah. So... Agreed there. Yeah. It was, uh, there's, there's a lot they can do. They got, they got to give more access to the personalities. 
and that's kind of the the beauty of what I've seen coming out of like even League of Legends, like with the per- or the uh, the partnership program that they have, where not only do they get access to some sort of feed, I won't comment on you know the logistics of that or what specifically that is, but I know that they even get like some giveaways. They like Riot provides them with like swag to give out to people, so that there isn't more of an incentive to actually tune in and watch. Um, I think if I don't even know if it's like a, a blame on the team front side of things when it comes to those, you know, the, the marketing to their own personal co-streams. But if we come into 2022 with, you know, a. A potential return to some somewhat of a live event system, even if it's, you know, technically a live event, but also the team's playing online. Do you have maybe an in-house crew, maybe casting that, you know, it, there's I think a lot of ways that. We can take co-streaming and and make it our own. Um, there's a lot of benefit to that, um, but it comes from you know the top down. You have to, we have to have Activision Blizzard actually you know reach out to these prominent people who we want to keep within the scene, and you have to again collaboration is a, the the kind of key word I think to your whole point. And uh, thus far, it has not been very collaborative. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I. I... I have to sound like a broken record at this point because um, I think I even had a tweet like going back to 2020 saying like whichever eSport like finds salient solutions to the new opportunities of co-streaming is just going to explode. To a decent degree, Valorant has done that. Generally speaking, whoever gets to innovate or like finds great ways to master online viewership is going to unlock the next stage of esports it's not in the live viewership it is getting online viewers to pay for premium products that are then scalable to ridiculous degrees right and there are intermediate solutions where you don't have to be super like forward thinking like we're in vr virtual space we have like haptic like suits on and like everything like it feels like real life not it's 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 why the the simplest things like why can i not watch synchronized streams with my friends like why does someone have to hold back their emotions in the call that i'm in because they're two seconds ahead and someone just popped off and is now ruining my experience by going like oh my god and you're like oh what happened like did i miss it like and then, like, three seconds later, you, you catch up, and it's like, oh, that was kind of spoiled for me. Um, like, they, these small things, right? Like, um, just getting to enjoy that, then and getting to enjoy that with great entertainers, like open systems where the audience can themselves decide that could be, could be something like fixing monetization schemes. For instance, getting sponsors on the maps, therefore not you not necessarily having to um, monetize the stream assets, but already having the monetization uh, on the stream that then everyone can restream and then by uh, market pressures, you just find find out whatever the audience would most like to watch and uh, consume there. So you're not as dependent. If it's still a high uh, quality stream with like high quality production, more power to that. You can adjust uh, accordingly. It just feels like, especially younger, younger audience likes more authentic formats where they have a dare I say, buzzword, buzzword, parasocial relationship to the streamer they're watching and like to sort of like have the feeling of watching um, their sports with friends. 
esports is still generally like sort of like a mildly isolating experience because like even if you have friends that play video games you probably don't have as many friends unless you are in a community that have the same interest in the same esports so you're probably not watching offline um so i i feel like the solution is to find salient applications first stage would be can i please have something like netflix party for and for those un, unfamiliar like during the covid pandemic uh, friends and i have been using like this this app i think it has even been bought now by netflix netflix party where you can synchronize like someone is the party leader and he like they control the next netflix um play button and like can stop and start and whatnot and now you're synchronized better yet let's just go discord (laughs) well well, it it doesn't necessarily i guess i guess they could restream it right for everyone yeah it's a little clunky right but um like we are watching in discord and like i'm frequently getting spoiled depending on what streaming platform I'm on, like, am I two times checked or whatever? Two times checked, referring to our practice to, like, use the two times uh, speed, playback speed, YouTube player function in order to get get through the buffer, then my connection is buffering, while the people in North America aren't experiencing as much buffering, so 10 minutes later, I'm five seconds behind again. It's an awful experience that doesn't make for a genuine, like... um, like exchange of a group of friends watching watching sport like part mm-hmm. of it is is sharing in the joy of the moment and getting to experience it at the very same time if you can't be in the same <clears throat> physical room um so but what netflix party also does great and has almost entirely saved friendships for me it's like i hate watching dubs right um so i can watch it in english and they can watch it in uh german what if and that Wealth has already done that. What if I can watch with my friends commentary of one streamer and they watch commentary of another streamer in the same... We both we all consume the same visual experience, but we have different voices. And maybe there's different overlays with the streamer cams. Maybe there's a solution there. I, I just don't feel like anyone is really pushing the envelope as much, even though Riot is trying with, with the mm. uh, co-streaming and like... Uh, sort of like pushing it out it didn't take much dude like i remember like during masters it was it berlin one or reykjavik even already like the the co-streaming numbers were nuts like in comparison yeah. right um mm. speaking to different language communities speaking to different gaming communities speaking like i i i could just see like maybe you don't need one big channel maybe you can have like people enjoy the same experience from different points of view and but still sharing in the same rough cultural storylines, which is the game. But then maybe I can watch it through the main support, or mm. I, like that that guy is known for uh, explaining the game through the lens of that, or through the uh, lens of like tank lines or whatever it is, right? Just like being and maybe those streams don't then don't have to be fifty k viewers. Maybe it's fine if every every angle has two k viewers as long mm. as the monetization. Re- uh, um, reaches the league by monetization so i understand that those pitches are probably really <laughs> really <laughs> hard to to do in in like an environment with uh, business people but yeah I, I i'd love more innovation once again like I, like i've said i've really enjoyed the idea that they had two years ago for the Overwatch, uh league finals where they had like a uh, a thing where you could unlock your microphone and could like uh have your 
um, your genuine reaction sort of like muffled, but like scream into a crowd, so it's a crowd feeling. Um, I think that's that didn't work quite as, as well just because like action wasn't synchronized. I will say, okay, ready for this take, even though like boomer age, like m middle aged guy now telling you that he derives pleasure from watching Twitch, uh, Twitch chat, uh, when looking at a highlight clip. If I watch a highlight clip, I will watch it once, will enjoy the experience, then I will watch it again, looking at the speed at which emotes come in and at the climax of the situation, it will enhance my experience. Why is that mm. not part of the active broadcast in some way? Why is that not being explored as, as a way to uh, enhance the experience of everyone else? And sort of like Pavlovian teaching, like, I don't know what it is, maybe it would be dots coming up on the side like maybe something interactive we've had interactive games on twitch all the time with like people playing gigantic games with their uh, audience where their audience gets to interact maybe mm. maybe that could be part of the broadcast experience like we already have it for streamers where like if if an emote is spammed uh with high frequency that it shows up on the stream maybe something equivalent it doesn't have to be twitch streams, guys just like play with the concept a little bit and like just accept the the environment that have created itself like look at the things that work seem to work and seems to express themselves and adapt them in a less silly way that still functions under the same uh, umbrella so yes like cold streaming big um opportunity there and it rolls out in steps of course if we're thinking long term i still remain the end goal should be to be able to be in a like way down the line when i'm in my rocking chair at 70. I want to have a VR headset on, possibly haptic suit, in a virtual environment, watching with my friends some esports, where athleticism and esports have converged, and I can experience a full game exper uh, fan experience, possibly with another million people in the arena. Me being able to intuitively tell what their emotional state is based on the play that is uh, happening on the esports field, and making emotional connections to people in that virtual space while I'm watching that same cultural phenomena. That is the end goal. But, and the, the one that's highly scalable and eventually will like have silly profit margins in comparison to like small time thinking, small scale thinking, um, localization schemes where you can maybe cram 50 what is 50k people in an arena bro when you can get 5 million people into a virtual arena in in uh that everyone pays for as well once you've demonstrated value towards the entry fee everyone's paying for ufc right like we gotta develop uh. pro product yeah okay kind of <laughs> <laughs> um we gotta develop products where the value we add to it are very obvious and educate an audience towards like putting their dollar into that experience and it's not going to be made by um by the current schemes that we have we have to push the envelope we have to demonstrate value then put that behind a paywall fair Everly, you think yiska would eat a virtual steak like cypher style like I, I feel like he's like we're gonna lose him to the matrix nah he feels he feels very plugged in i will say Dude, if you can upload me, do it. Do it now. 
just uploading. So I think most people, I think most people would prefer to be uploaded. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in this pain. So I think generally speaking, uh, I would like to see for next year's Overwatch League a more updated approach to co-streaming. I think it's been well enough demonstrated by Riot. I mm. mean, they took all the risk for you there. They've done all the experimentation for you there. They've done all the trial and error. Your Blizzard right now, you can literally copy-paste. Shouldn't be hard to do. Well, maybe the YouTube deal causes some problems, but if you can get around that, if you or if you can find a solution to that, then maybe it wouldn't be too difficult. Um, yeah, I mean, Overwatch just seems really far behind as far as the whole co-streaming meta is, and co-streaming has really improved the viewing experience and also has been really beneficial for the creators doing it mm. um and the rye game so far and they've done a great job of you know looking after their personalities and their creators uh you know with stuff like this so there's a lot to be there's a lot to learn there's nothing negative from it i think co-streaming is a really positive thing um uh, yeah very controversial take i know <laughs> it would be very useful I don't know if that whether that's from the franchise front or the just an open grassroots, you know, application, or maybe you just give it to everybody and let whoever wants to try to well, know, take the product and, and run wild with it. I don't know that you give it to everybody. I think um, Ride do a good job of partnering with specific people Agreed. to deal with. Agreed. Why? Yeah, what's the I problem think... with giving it to everybody? I mean, at that point, it kind of defeats the purpose. I mean, most people, how many, I mean, at the end of the day, I was thinking like, you, you still want people watching on mainstream. Yes. Um, although I suppose if you are co-streaming, you have to co you ideally co-streaming from off the, the mainstream, mainstream anyway. Yeah. But I mean, like. I don't know, like, what? Is there any real reason to just give it to everybody outside of, like, just having it to be free access because it's freedom, I guess? Um, it's more, technically speaking, it's more valuable to the people that are partnered yeah. to be doing it, having that exclusivity, which is good for the creators. Mm hmm. That seems like the most likely option as well, but yeah, there's, it's difficult to kind of come up with a reason why everybody shouldn't use it. Um, I think maybe just trying to, if, if you're going to deviate away from the main product, even just a little bit, you know, maybe it's not the casters who you're listening to, but it's the, you know, the, the, the co-streamer that, you know, in that party that you're listening to, um, making sure I think you should be forced to listen to the caster. Okay, fair play. Um, then yeah, that that's kind of a point for me. I was I was more looking at the angle of like at On least full volume. The, by the way, ooh, full volume. You can't turn you can't turn the casting down. Is that how uh, you you yeah, open the video, you open the you. link? You open the link and it's just like boom, max <laughs> volume. I have bad news for you. The vast majority of your colleagues are in internal mute land. <laughs> so. No, but if you if you mute that, you have to mute the entire stream. You yeah. don't get any audio whatsoever. Zero. No, I think that's I think that's fair. I think that's more than fair for you know the made product. Uh, uh, what to call it? Like the the streamlined 
this of it all. I think that's more than fair. The partnership, yeah, it feels like it's more likely the case. Uh, you're you're giving it to people who, optics. Mm -hmm. You're giving it to people who who actually can put on a show that you know who are entertainers who you know at least are a little bit t more tested. You know, just giving it to every Joe schmo who you know could uh, ruin it for everybody. I guess I, I don't know how that would happen, but I don't doubt that it's possible. It's a better um, partnership with the actual content creators. That too, yeah. Uh, to offer them exclusivity on that, rather than just give it to everybody. Mm. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah it, it's it's a better way of supporting the actual creators, and it's just like it, I don't know. It's better marketing. It's a better show of your product when you actually market that out to people. You can specifically promote, you know, the exclusive partners that you have for the co-streaming. You know, I don't know. I mm. think that's like a good thing to do for the. It's not it's not fun for everybody in that kind of way because there will without a doubt be plenty of people who will miss out on the opportunity to do it, but it's much better for the people that do get it. Mm. Yeah. I mean there's there's always the idea that maybe you're delaying professionalization based on like just like se separating your bases too much out of the ones and therefore like stifling innovation. Not sure if I fully buy that because I I think in general it's like pretty top heavy and usually like once someone gets a little ahead, people just like flock to whatever is most frequented at the time. But yeah, like I'm not entirely attached to the idea of like having an entirely open system. I think you want some quality, which also feeds into the all, all overall perception of your product. There's a certain standard that you have towards the um the partnered streamers which is probably also valuable to uphold yeah i i, I think both sides of the argument are fine and it's probably mostly dependent on hard data um what just makes the most sense but yeah generally speaking i think there's so much potential in uh in co-streaming um and it's something like esports was pretty early on comparatively and now it's even coming to sports so or has been for two years or so, but like the co-streaming idea is like over ten years old, and uh, we we haven't really capitalized as much on it. But I th I think like now with the the audiences like that people like Shroud have or whatever when they co-stream mm, VCT or whatever it is, like the potential is just very apparent. Like it it helps mm -hmm. both the streamer to have content and also have a higher viewership than they usually do yep. and it helps the the brand to be exposed to a potentially new viewer base viewer base yeah especially with those guys you mentioned like the shrouds etc like when they do a co-stream those are all his specific viewers that yep. i'll say a lot of them might might not normally be you know viewers of the export they're just specifically shroud viewers um and the reason I I'm saying that is because when you look at viewership statistics, it's not like everyone's leaving the mainstream to go to Shroud Stream. The mainstream is still doing as well as it normally would. Uh, maybe you would see some deviation if Shroud is co-streaming one day or not. But like his audience just follow him where where he goes. The days that Shroud is not co-streaming, he's playing New World or whatever other game. His streams watching him do that, right? So I mean. Uh, you are literally just getting more people watching the stream. You're just literally increasing your viewership by a pretty, you know, linear amount by having successful co-stream partnerships. I mean, it's 
Okay. Overwatch League front office. Please don't listen to the next part. Like what what currently is happening with Platchat, like they're converting so many uh, Overwatch viewers to Valorant viewers, right? Like there's nothing going on in Overwatch. People have like uh, the itch for competitive content. They see their favorite content creators. There's going to be a large amount of Overwatch viewers on the Platchat co-stream for Valorant that probably previously didn't have any interest in the game. And they're just like growing the pie for everyone. It's just a win for win-win for um for those scenes. Uh as as Everell said, like the argument is that they're growing the pie, not taken away from from the main broadcast necessarily. And even maybe it's at some point like you have sophisticated your tastes to the point where you don't need the personal aspect of that particular co stream, but you would rather see like actually have explained the intricacies of the sure, of yeah. that game. Or you actually want a polished product, or you actually want the most access to all the player personnels via post match uh interviews and whatnot. And that's that's usually like if you want all of that combined in one experience, then the main broadcast is there for you, right? Mm. Much agreed. Cool. Have it your way. Alrighty then. And on top of that, the other one other thing that uh unfortunately needs is to bring back the specific player viewing. Yes. Oh, even though I know that was yes. a Twitch thing, but I don't know if you can do that on YouTube, but on Twitch, you could view with the uh, command center, you could view specific player POVs, and that's something you was talking about as well. Mm. Uh, and then in that case, if you were doing a co-stream with the command center, then yeah, you could just view whoever's POV you wanted, if you wanted to be a support-only co-stream or whatever like that. So, yeah, those options would be really nice again. I mean, I think Overwatch League nailed a lot of the viewing experience in the first two seasons, but that was with Twitch, and since YouTube's been there... It's yeah. been a bit more of growing pains. Like we didn't have clips. We obviously lost command center. And um drops as well didn't come in for a while. Mm. And just other viewer rewards. A lot of the viewer rewards on Twitch was so much better. And then we just lost a lot, which felt like we lost a lot of that. So we need to get all that back. And that's not anything to do with co-streaming, but just generally the viewing experience all together, including co-streaming, uh, needs to be fairly well updated moving to the future. Mm. But Unless someone else has got more to add, I think we're good. It's been it's a long been, episode again. Been pretty eventful. Thought it was pretty fun. Thanks to Joe for providing eighty percent of the content for this episode. Ah, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> As, <wouldn't> say that. <laughs> uh, otherwise, we talk about two teams and call it a day. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, uh, we'll have a big think about what we're doing for next week. Mm. As we will cross our fingers and hope that more teams. We'll be uh, making roster moves. If they don't, it'll be big sad. But um, thank you guys so much for tuning in and hanging out for episode 204. We're going to head off now. We'll see you next week for 205. Thank you so much for listening.